Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 57 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and once again, I'm joined by Blood Tithe Ben. Hello, hello. How you doing, man? All right. Yeah, very good, very good. Uh, it's all nice and nice and cozy now. I'm allowed, allowed to turn the heating on. <laughs> <'Cause> it's <laughs> finally got to an acceptable low temperature. For it, the house to, it's been the house freezing. The weather's been awful this week. It's been. It, oh yeah. I mean, we've had Christmas decorations up in the world for like what I don't know, weeks now. Uh, yeah. And now the temperature's kind of caught up. Like, I've been driving in to work and it's been like minus 1.5 and there's been fog and mist and everything and I nearly got lost on the motorway a couple of times. It was so bad. Um, it's just like hit. It doesn't. It feels like it was two weeks ago. It was way too hot to do anything. And then it's just like, and, and it's minus one. <laughs> yeah. Minus yeah. One. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I imagine it's just going to warm up like towards Christmas so that everyone just has a soggy grey Christmas. Yeah, that sounds about right. Maybe or maybe not social distancing. No one really knows anymore. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> All I know is that we're in tier two, which means we can't hang out with other people indoors. Um, yeah, in theory, I don't really. That's, know. I think it's safe if you just do that, isn't it? Yeah, just, I just think don't, don't see people indoors. <laughs> I think fair enough. Okay, dokie Ben, what are we talking about on today's episode? Uh, today we're going to be talking about the change to rerolls in the new edition, um, alongside some redrafting rules. And also, excitingly, our short story competition winners. Yes, we're finally getting to the competition winners. Now, we didn't expect it to take this long, but we also didn't expect to have something like 30 entries and on the way to 60,000 words for us to read. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be good to finally get to that. And, uh, you know, the the winners will know that they are the winners before Christmas. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, That's exciting. Yeah, I'm really pleased with that. Right, Ben, let's move on to news. Okay, we're going straight into news and we're going straight into it this time because there's actually some stuff to talk about. Now, I put together a little video and you would have had this on the podcast feed just with a breakdown of the FAQ that Games Workshop have released. Ben, have you had a chance to catch up? Yeah, I I read this. Um, Interesting. I think it answers quite a lot of issues people had. Some other issues people are happy with. Some some issues people aren't happy with. But it does address a lot of questions, for sure. I mean... Uh, well, what do you what do you think of it? First of all, right, we'll talk through it bit I think by it's bit. Good. I'm, I mean, the fact it exists isn't that great because you know day one FAQ isn't great, <laughs> but um, it's good that they're they're answering them. Um, so yeah, I'm always a big fan of FAQs. I think you know more clarity is better, really. So. Mm, massively, massively, massively. So, uh, so the biggest thing is that I think the biggest thing anyway is that you can now use unlimited rerolls. Um, that, yes, that, for sure. Yeah, it's completely hyperbole. You can use uh, as many rerolls as you've got, but it's not limited to one per turn anymore. Um, you can still only reroll a dice once, but it is. But you can now, you know, reroll a pass and then use a reroll on the catch. You know, you can you can do more stuff, which is massively. I don't know. That just feels like it could be massive or it could be minor, and that's what we're gonna we're gonna talk about that separately in a minute. Um, FAQ wise, Ben, was there anything else that took your fancy as like a, a big change or anything? Uh, I think it was good to address the. I mean, it comes next on the main article, but the the passing. 
I know that was the thing with like the wildly inaccurate. I think that was something that was quite obvious, but like rules is written it's very oh, much. Yeah, like, can't do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, for me, honestly, the biggest thing was also the rerolls. I think you're gonna have like the real hyper turns. That I mean, should we just talk about it? Let's just talk about it. Let's just go for so, it now. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. We're doing rerolls now. Yeah. Um, so I think. So yeah, the change is that is basically, and it says in the rule book, it's basically saying yes, it is like it is written. Um, the question was, is this true? Um, yeah. So now you can use as many rerolls as you have in one turn, whereas normally you're limited to one team reroll a turn. Um, so this is going to be pretty huge. You still can't reroll the same die. Obviously, you can't reroll everything to a reroll um, alongside like skills like dodge and that. But uh, yeah, having having access to like potentially four rerolls uh, in a turn is gonna really enable you to do stuff. And I think for me, the biggest thing this allows is the passing plays. I don't know about you. Oh, I'm I'm with you. I mean, it's um, it's weird, and it's really it was really kind of interesting to see all the threads and things on the various places to be like, is this on purpose? Is this what they wanted from the rules? Uh, and it turns out it is what they wanted from the rules, which is amusing that it was something that they didn't play off as like part of the new edition when they did the reveals about it um i'm surprised that it didn't come out when they did the uh during the little feedback video they shared on the warhammer community uh, with yeah. the with the playtesters yeah. like i guess there's two ways we can look at this one is that they didn't consider it to be a big enough change worth mentioning um which is kind of good for a lot of people who prefer the staticness of it and also maybe the i don't know just seems under undersold when really it massively you can go all in like you said on a super turn like with the passing play um and that's that's like if if you have an expendable like if you're going to do that play which revolves around a four plus five plus which normally just be like no if you know you can re-roll both of those that's not that unlikely. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm an orc player in 40k. I know the value. <laughs> if you can re-roll that five plus, you you're actually pretty likely to get it. Surprisingly likely. You you um, you kind of going to get it uh, essentially like a third of the time. You know, oh no, two yeah, thirds exactly. of the time. At that point, you're rolling two yeah. dice and one third of a time. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing I did think about this is that um, it makes loner less bad. Um. So. Oh, yeah. You know, especially with the star players or the trained trolls. So this actually massively boosts trained trolls, assuming you have the rerolls. Because if you want to do a thing with a troll and it fails, you've got a loner. A loner on a three plus is not bad. You can now then use a second reroll to reroll the loner. Uh, so that's expensive, but if it's crucial, well, you yeah. can do it. I mean, that's it though. But if you've yeah. got two rerolls and you really need it to do a thing, um, you know, and also yeah. let's think about throw teammate. You need so oh, yeah. much to go right, but if you if you're starting off and you've got three rerolls and you just want to absolutely all in on the throw teammate, it's going to increase the likelihood of it. It's still not you know still not guaranteed by a long shot, but I don't know. I think I think it's really cool. Um, my question, my question for you, Ben, is: Do you think it's going to change uh, builds? Do you think it's going to change the yeah. change the team builds so much? I was gonna I was gonna go into this. I think it's the really like sort of. It's kind of like the hidden extra to the rule that's not really like specified. It's like, yeah, you, you like now. I think I remember someone in our in our group saying, I think it might have been Sam Sam Frenzy Garner was saying, 
eight reroll builds might actually happen because you can actually use comfortably eight rerolls. Yeah, this changes that. Like, I'm going to go with an eleven lineman eight reroll build and just yeah, you can do it. <laughs> and just lean into the dice and um, yeah, and pull like off the stuff. ogre build, isn't it? The four ogres, like four rerolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's gotten a lot better because now you can you can really use them, and your ogres are now super powered because you can reroll so much in it. It's going to be really interesting to pilot our way through this because, yeah, I mean, if everybody wants to sneak, especially for leagues, okay, we'll, we'll talk leagues first because that's kind of where we start, you know, most places, is with a league now, does everybody alter their build to take one extra reroll from the very beginning? I mean, is that something we're going to start seeing? Potentially. I, I'm, I'm considering it. You know, I think now... I think you really, really want to go for three rerolls. Normally, two is kind of fine to start off with. Often, now I think you're going to have to change up your. You might be wanting to change up your build, go for three rerolls, because maybe having having a turn where your lightman can do three really good things in one turn to make you score, that might be all you need. You get it twice a game with two touchdowns, but that's it. And I guess the other predicament is um if <laughs> if you take the i think were you looking at the imperial nobility build with two rerolls to start with yeah okay. i was yeah now it kind of flip-flops that you could just <laughs> just deplete that in one go now like literally just your first mm. turn you could be like ah, i did this thing and then i'll do this other thing and i'll use a reroll on this guy's block as well and it's like well that's it your rerolls are absolutely gone now and Oh, man, I think it's just going to be for league. I do think that's. I don't think it's going to change a huge amount because the majority of the builds where there's two or three rerolls, you are doing that to buy as many positionals as you can start with anyway. Yeah. Um. It might. You know, there might be a couple of crazy people that are like, actually, I'm going to go for an all lineman build because I think it's going to be fun, and you know, that's fine. But those are the kind of people that are going to do that anyway. Um. You know, when it comes to actual like league development and stuff like that, no one's going to drop a gutter runner to take an extra reroll. Um, although that's probably not a bad idea now. Um, so maybe they are. So maybe we need to relook at all the teams and look at um, max reroll builds. Um, yeah, I think buying them later is also going to become really valuable. Like we've seen in general, yeah. again, we haven't really played a full league, but we're anticipating you get more money in a league now, in general. Yeah, but but also think about um, think about Wobble Season 4. And there are a couple of teams where they get to the point where they've got leader and well, they've got four rerolls. They've got four rerolls one way or the other, and they're like, "What do I buy now?" Like, especially an orc team, yeah. you know, orc team, lizardman team. They're like, "Well, what do I? What is there left to buy?" All this cash, yeah. Actually, having having six or seven rerolls is legitimately going to make your 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 game more powerful, your team more powerful, which is pretty yeah. crazy. And on your orc team, now your, your throw teammate is better. So, yeah, I just think it's... <laughs> it really does. Because as in you, yeah, because you've got the rerolls for it now. Okay, so what about yeah. uh, what about tournament-wise? Um, historically, a lot of tournament players lean on in like player integral skills and save the cash for, for rerolls. Do you think that actually that's going to be less prominent? I mean, did leader just get way boosted? I think so. I do. I think, I mean, it was already kind of a good take. We saw in a lot of tournaments, leader, mm. you know, probably the, the modal skill. Yeah, um, just know, block, yeah. No, definitely block. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it always unleashes some cash so that you can buy more, more, um, more positionals. Um, yeah, when a skill is like 10k worth, 
you, you take it because your reroll is a uh, minimum fifty. So, yeah, yeah. that's going to be. That's going to be really, really, really intriguing. Now, my biggest pickup is that actually Lona stuff uh, just gets better. So as a fan of star players and big guys, I'm pretty happy with this. It also means that Old World Alliance uh, gets a little bit boosted, except for the fact that their rerolls are 70k. So that's... Why are they 70? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I know, it's absolutely brutal. Like, that that, that team needs 50k rerolls. And at this point, then, it could be the yeah. Old World Alliance with five rerolls, and actually sometimes you have to burn two of your rerolls to get a loner to redo something. And you're kind of like, that's a fair trade-off at that point. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll see an adjustment to that in the future, especially because with this this fact system, uh, games have actually got an update schedule now. Every May and every November, they're going to do this update and errata and a designer's commentary. Now, I can't see them adjusting teams in that window. Can you, Ben? I mean, do you think that's likely to be something that they'll do in that? I, I mean, how does it work in games workshops? Do you think they do it separately? I- they they do adjust like codices and stuff with these things, um, but they're usually minor tweaks. I think when they do big army stuff, they tend to do it all at once. Like they do like once a year, you get your update. That's, they do um, that with the general's handbook in um, AOS, don't yeah. they? Yeah. So I I don't know if they'll do like big team updates. They might just fix stuff that isn't quite right. Um, although we thought that with the vampires <laughs> the elephant in the room with this oh uh, <laughs> man the vamps got bitten on this one uh, I didn't intended. think they'd do this I didn't think they'd go this this way I thought they would go they'd go the uh, hypnotic gazes allowed way there's two there's two that I'm actually a bit surprised by you've called it there that uh, animal savagery working with um, hypnotic gaze <sighs> yeah I really did think that they would lean into the other way because they because I thought it was their way of finding a clever way to make vampires still vampires without creating a new skill. Turns yeah. out they just hate vampires. So yeah. <laughs> apparently just completely hate vampires. So there was always hey, one, uh, maybe two of your guys will be pretty good. Yeah. And then <laughs> And then they're just gonna bonehead yeah. on a four plus yeah. moving forward, which is very bad. The other one was was Brawler. So I just assumed that you would be able to re-roll the other dice. So say you made a two-die block with Brawler, you took the Brawler re-roll on the both down, and then if you didn't like that result, you could then go and use your re-roll to re-roll the other dice from the pool? Yeah, not See, so. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think that when I read Brawler. I thought that would be it as well. I, like, I thought this was... I, so it's good they did an FAQ, because clearly we both assumed yeah. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, but I hadn't considered it was even a query to re-roll the other dice because I just thought it was like, to me in my mind, you've re-rolled the thing, but you can only do one of them. That's just yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. it it doesn't really it doesn't it doesn't massively hurt brawler. Um, you just have to use a team re-roll before that, but now you don't have to use. You can use more than one team re-roll a turn. Actually, yeah, takes the pressure off, like. So that's not too bad. Uh, wildly inaccurate passes, like you said, Ben. Stuff that goes below zero counts as being at zero and one. So it's a wildly inaccurate because uh, the charts that the guys made up, where it was like literally like it goes from inaccurate fumble to wildly inaccurate back to inaccurate, and it's like what? Yeah. <laughs> so it's only it can only, if it's specifically bad. Like if it's yeah. like <laughs> yeah. perfectly yeah. bad, it goes exactly. Which, I mean. 
yeah not not terrible because wildly inaccurate sucks <laughs> in this edition that oh. is really it's a really punishing thing now it, it really is they've, it's just such a str- yeah. i mean it's such a strange way they've gone with this edition like we saw the passing stat and we were like oh sweet passing's going to get better mm. then we got wildly inaccurate and then passing just got worse everywhere um yeah i, I just it's just a i don't bit- know i'm still in the camp passing's better i think like you have your team re-rolls now you're not going to get the wildly inaccurate that often. That that is true. Like you tend to save your rerolls for the stretch pass play, and you only tend to drive and then you score. So it is going to you know. massively change, I think, the pace of the game. Which um, yeah, uh, until you run out of rerolls, then you're kind of all in anyway. And I think it just means that you're going to have uh, less rerolls come turn three onwards. So it will increase the pace of the game. So it's going to be a bit sevens ish, I think. I think so. I think yeah, it will be like really, really crunchy. The first three turns, then it turns into seven. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, the other one, Ben, was the uh, CTV, including inducements. So when we talked mm. a couple of episodes ago about the prayers to nuffle, we were kind of like, "Oh, cool, you buy inducements, but actually you still get the prayers to nuffle." No, 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 yeah. no. You buy that keg. Uh, basically, that means prayers to nuffle is never going to be taken except for on the kickoff yeah. table. So. If you want to know more about the prayers to Nuffle table, please go back a couple of uh, episodes and, and listen to us break down every single one of the the things and then get very confused about when and why you can roll it. Now you know the answer. You can go back and you kind of think about actually whether it's something that you want to buy or whether you'd just rather have a keg. And quite frankly, guys, just take the keg, I think. Um, yeah. There's if a keg was an option on the table, you'd want to get rolled that option. So yeah. Just take the keg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. With the exception of like uh, the cool... Get extra SPP for passing and things like that. That that yeah, that. those are cool actually. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you want to roll. Maybe it I might think. be quite fun. It might be something to throw into the league. Just say like, hey, everyone gets a press nuffle. Oh, that's that's probably that's not a bad way of doing it. If you're not going to do the special play cards, then press nuffle could be a cool way to add a bit of add a bit of juice. Yeah. Uh, what else did we see? We saw the uh, oh yeah, they adjusted the Camry stuff, which was exactly right. So Camry, no, uh, the, ah, yeah. the the Blitzer guy who wasn't fixed. Um, now gets skill yeah 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 so he had AS I think now he gets GS which makes an awful lot of sense um, just having a look at the FAQ document to see if there was anything else I think that was basically it I mean there's a little weird thing about Blitz where you can't use a reroll during a Blitz um, but mm. but if a dude falls over during the Blitz it doesn't end the turn so uh, yeah uh, da, 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 da. and Ooh, now dump off I thought was strange yeah I was, I, a, I was about to say that now when you okay. make a blitz action you have to declare who you're going to block when you make the blitz um, mm. which pretty interesting I don't know if I like that uh, I, I, it, I don't think it changes too much I think I think when you generally blitz in your head you know who you're going to go for yeah definitely anyway but what it does mean is for example if you were going to try and blitz the ball carrier but you needed to make two dodge rolls you made the first one and burnt through all of your re-rolls and then you'd be like well actually i'll just blitz this guy instead now you're just kind of like well i've lost my blitz now because i either now have to go for it ridiculously or yeah but i think i feel like it's there literally just for dump off (laughs) i think so too yeah so it is now that when a player with a dump-off skill is nominated as the target of a blitz, when do they make their quick pass? As soon as they are nominated as the target of the blitz. And it doesn't say that you uh, can only target someone you can reach with a blitz either. So your Minotaur can elect to blitz whoever the heck it wants. doesn't have to do it. You just don't get to blitz somebody else. Um, but like, yeah, That's a huge buff. 
huge what? buff for dump off dump off yeah massively it means yeah. you need to tag the dump off player first before you blitz them to apply negatives it actually makes the dark elf runner a little bit better however the dump off skill is the skill in the game that should never be used um if your dude's getting blitzed and he's got the ball that's bad news bears I what, think. So if you if you if you've allowed your ball carrier yeah. to get blitzed yeah if it's 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 bad <laughs> It's very bad. Guess, yeah. But if the Dark Elves are good at throwing, it'll be good. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Hey, it, essentially, plus one pass at this point because you are, unless they're blitzing you in base contact, you will have one yeah. less player marking you. So it does get boosted by plus one, technically. So, yeah. I think we could do it. I think we could. I think this does change it enough to consider taking on something. I know you don't like it, but I think it's quite handy i don't know i'm, I'm bad just, at the game just, so my book carries always get <laughs> i just don't want to be in a situation where i just don't think it's better than dodge i <laughs> i just think i just think dodge or block are just better skills um because it's something that comes up every game really uh cool thing is that chainsaw and projectile vomit aren't aren't turnovers which is pretty sweet yeah that is actually pretty pretty huge so, chainsaw especially yeah, so chainsaws everywhere now, which is I think one of the yeah. des- one of the design things that Games Workshop wanted for this edition. <clears throat> what do you mean? Um, they wanted more of the the spice in it, so chainsaws and things like that. They've they've taken away the well, it's a secret weapon, therefore it's not great. Uh, actually, they've taken that slight edge off, um, which I think is very useful because um, okay. it just means you get to use more fun and I think when they're bringing players into Blood Bowl and when players come into Blood Bowl it's like oh this dude's got a chainsaw that's wicked yeah but you rolled a 1 so your turn's over now haha <laughs> actually it's I rolled a 1 and he killed himself never mind right what's next like that's just yeah. it's just a much more Games Workshop mentality like I can hear that being said in a store if the stores weren't rubbish and actually play Blood Bowl in because um, they should because they should <laughs> fit the line with like throw teammate as well because I know throw teammates fun for this mm. where you can just lob people with no, no risk at yeah all. I think that's just it's just more fun it is more fun uh, more fun is yeah. more better uh, so yeah that was the errata so yeah that was overall you know pretty good pretty straightforward basically in line vampires bad times and um, pressed enough or you'll probably never use it so actually that makes the game a little bit more streamlined because that's one less team and one less table. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> unless unless we see vamps, I can uh, just hope they see, we see vamps get revamped and uh, brought out again soon because they need it more than anything. Um, yeah. Right, on to scroll, Ben. So we saw a little sneak preek preview of a skeleton hand and some undead armor and everyone was like that is clearly going to be scroll half fight and then today the um pitch side report dropped and we've got some art for scroll and mm-hmm. a miniature for scroll so yeah i mean have you have you seen the miniature i have i love him i really really like this <laughs> What do you think to the fact that, so for those of you listening on audio, if you haven't seen Skrull, it is an undead dwarf. He's got the same armour as the mummies and the whites from the Champions of Undeath team, from the undead team. Um, And he is just a skeleton dwarf. And in his right hand, he is holding somebody else's (laughs) arm and that arm has the ball. Um, I love that feature so much. (laughs) Explains why he's only passing four plus. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so cool. The paint job is really cool. He's got like proper Harley Davidson flames everywhere. Um, 
he looks like one of the lost legions um from 40k yeah it's it's probably like 80s isn't it, it is. I love it it's so wicked like i i love this um and now ben this is landing from games workshop uh the zote was forge world do we know if he is going to be forge world or uh, we don't know if he's going to be Forge World or Standard Games Workshop, I do we? I didn't see it. No, I didn't see it on the article. Ooh. Point out. What, what do you reckon? Yeah, I, I imagine it would be Forge World. It would make sense for it to be Forge World. And that's why I tell think nowadays. it's going to be Games <laughs> Workshop. Yeah. Oh, really? You think it's going to be GW? I do. I reckon they're going to drop him for £15 on his own and it's going to be in plastic and it's going to be actually available. Um because I've, I've heard everybody knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know a guy who knows another guy who knows another guy who works with a guy um, who's, you know, maybe related to Games Workshop. And basically, Bad there's... The, yeah, exactly. Yeah, my, <laughs> um, but, like, apparently there's there's always been this, like, clash between Games Workshop Core and Forge World. So the fact that Forge okay. World have all the star players and they're trying to get them into, like, core games workshop and i think i reckon because we've got varag we've got griff i think we're going to start to see a divide now when we saw the zote land and it was forge world i was like this doesn't make any sense i thought we were moving into i think i think stuff's coming out of forge world and i think forge world is being played down uh because what what else heard this for like two years though (laughs) what else has been released for forge world you got heresy the 40k heresy stuff Uh... and then you've got star players they're here doing the whole, they're doing the old world aren't they oh uh, yeah that's, doing all of that's that. true but like things like Necro uh, Necromunda it was Forge mm. World and now it's all core releases I just I think they're at the point now where they can make minis so good Forge World used to be that thing didn't it where it was like these minis are just top tier top notch minis yeah really detailed really specialist They're like, like co- collector's pieces essentially exactly and basically yeah basically luxury made to order things essentially um obviously not exactly made to order but may as well be yeah kind of that kind um, of thing yeah so but now the miniature quality is so good from gw plastic that it often beats forge world some some things have still come out of forge world that just look amazing i think all the necromunda bounty hunt like really really good um but like this quality, like the fact we can't tell from looking at the picture, I think, I, I don't know, it's difficult. <laughs> well, the interesting like, thing about that is that the paint job doesn't suck. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to yeah. be too negative on, on, on the Forge World stuff, but the Forge World stuff has always looked um, very different to Core Games Workshop. Still, like Still leagues above what I could do. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. no amount of my agrax. But, but this, this looks the same as as core which i think is um it lines up yeah. really well with the normal stuff whereas like we've seen a couple of star players and things that just look a bit oh i hope that looks better in the flesh i mean deep root um was very lack it had a very lackluster reception it wasn't until a couple of people like won the lottery and forked out the four hundred pounds to pick it up and put it together they was like this is an insane model kit but, but it just looked like rubbish um, yeah, hmm, I don't know, but anyway, Scroll is a cool miniature. Uh, if you want to know more about yeah. Scroll, we've got a star player spotlight for Scroll, where we talk through actually what he does, 
and why he would be good at. But basically, once per game, this is this is the wicked thing. Once per game, after making a passing ability test to perform a pass action, Scroll may choose to modify the dice by adding his strength to it, which is absolutely sweet. So basically, once per game, you just add. Now he's like insane. (laughs) Uh, Well, he's passing four plus. He's got uh, accurate, so he's he's technically you know three plus four plus six plus six plus. Uh, So once per game, you roll the pass, and then you're like, "Mm, I'll add three. Um, So at at some point, and he's got pass as well, so you can kind of take that re-roll. It's it's cool. It's really cool. That we had a lot of comments on the YouTube channel saying, right, uh, once you know, once every round, I'm going to take Wilhelm and Scroll, and I'm just going to bomb it down the field and get a long bomb pass in there, and just just try and skull it, go for the skull, go for the scroll, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I, I I like it. It's cool. It gives another another dynamic. Um, but before we forget, there was a uh, there was a spoiler for the next potential star player which looks like ghost stuff with chains could this be Gretchen watcher uh i i believe so i don't know what the chains are for um but i don't know could be a close uh, they like that on all the, all the nighthorn stuff is like uh chainy isn't it yeah maybe they're just leaning into that aesthetic because i mean she basically is a banshee <laughs> yeah she's just a mermorn banshee um yeah i am looking forward to seeing the miniature because it's such a cool design concept. She is overpriced, I think, um, for really any use at all. But it's such a cool idea. Um, I love it. I think it's wicked. Um, the other thing this could be is some kind of ethereal team landing. Um, but that is that is tinfoil hat time. That's a real stretch. Need my wear team. Oh, man. That wear team is sweet. Uh, we Actually, well, that, that's... that could be official. What we do need, you were quite right, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, we need a team that is basically all strength two, but edge, you know, edge four, edge two plus. Now, we don't have that. Yeah. We, we kind of, Wood Elves yeah. are probably the closest you get, uh, because they, you've got the catchers who are strength two, and everyone's armor, like, negative one plus. But, like, mm. that's, they're just so offensively. Like, I could just, I could just see a team of, of weak, Fragile players, non stunty. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or even yeah. edge two plus stunty. Like it doesn't matter. Just something that's actually like I can pull this off, but my guys are going to die. I just think it would be really interesting. So that's that's kind of what wear team. So yeah. and that was it. And that is exactly it. Is I was thinking about yeah. seven. So I was like, oh, that wear team was really cool because it brought a really different dynamic. And mm. that that's you know that's what we love, isn't it? That's the the black orc teams brought a new gameplay. You know, the nobility team has brought a kind of new gameplay. And, you know, sorry, Bretonians, uh, but, you know, wh- wh- where else have we got to go with this? Actually, a high-edge, low-strength team we need to see. You know, the ethereal team where there's a load of player with no hands. That was a really cool way of seeing that. Squig yeah. team would be really cool, especially with animal savagery just being absolutely savage. Like, it would work great. Um, I really hope that we kind of see Games Workshop expand down these kind of design avenues because they've done a great job reinventing the game. Uh, to an extent that is way more than I think we the first thought. Like we're like, oh yeah, what's changed? The passing's changed. Actually, it feels like a whole ton of the game has changed, and it's yeah, it's it's newer. It's really interesting. It's really cool. Exciting. It actually so, is. Change is fun. Change is fun. Believe it. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's not too regular, you know. Yeah. Like once every three to four years, I think it's awesome. 
like yeah, i think that's, that's a new like, addition yeah it kind of keeps it fresh um that's one thing that i i got burnout with with magic is that it was changed it changed every 18 to 24 months and it was just a bit painful at that point quite keep up yeah yeah if you don't play for three months that's like a good portion of the life cycle oh, and you just that, that feel like you're getting your money yeah exactly yep, yeah I mean, Games Workshop does it every year with the with the uh, generals' handbooks and stuff. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Great. maybe we'll see a bit more regularity. But I like the the four year cycle, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So that was all the Games Workshop news, and one other bit was the Punga Patreon is now live. So I backed it. Ben, did you back it? I did. I wanted to get in to save that fifty pence a month. So I got... <laughs> <laughs> is that what it was? <laughs> Uh, the yeah. early bird is yeah eight pounds instead of eight pound fifty. Uh, ooh, Plus the yeah, 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 eight pounds. Yeah, yeah, you have got the adventure tier. So, uh, ooh, twenty patrons away from getting the the ball and the tokens from the pirates team now. Three hundred mm-hmm. three hundred eighty out of four hundred patrons. Anyway, so uh, yeah, eight pounds or ten dollars a month, you can back the Patreon for hunger, and they are doing their. 3D, basically just doing 3D STL files for their Blood Bowl and other stuff. So this month it was the Pirates and some random adventurer guys. Have you looked at the adventurer welcome pack, Ben? Yeah, the dwarf atop the boar is just an out of ten. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to print that soon. Just uh, I love the Skaven dude. Um, and the Sean Connery guy yeah. is amazing as well. <laughs> the noble Sean Connery. Yeah, that's Sean Connery from Highlander. Like, just immediate. That is just straight up Sean Connery from Highlander. It's wicked. Um, and I think they had a bunch of bases as well, which yeah, uh, I think were handy. yeah. I mean, I think I tried to print them and I could. I, I have keep failing with printing bases. It's ridiculous. I can print. I can print a mech. I can print an ogre, but I cannot print a base. And I don't know why. I'll figure it out. It'll be fine. So yeah, Patreon is there. Um, I like supporting it. It is a bit weird, and they had. They, did you see the? Was it the post they made today, Ben? Yesterday? Uh, it might have been yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. What should we add next? So one thing I did like this is note: we cannot now sell STLs for teams from our last Kickstarter, Vampires, Egyptians, and Necromancers, since we've not sent them to our backers yet. It would be dishonest on our part, um, which is great. We I think we talked about that, didn't we? Yeah, like we basically said the same thing. Like it, it would be. It feels bad if, if these people with printers could just print out the models before the people who actually bought them months ago. Yeah, them. massively. One thing I would like them to do, though, is uh, give the STLs to the people who backed the Kickstarter. Um, I think that could be cool. Yeah. Pretty hard to track. Yeah, but... I don't think it's feasible. Uh, the Cursed Crew and Underworld team will definitely be in the next releases. So the Underworld team was pretty sweet from Punga, and if they release that as the next STL pack, I think it's going to be really cool. Now... The thing is with these Punga miniatures is they're actually quite large, Ben, don't you reckon? They're on the big side, yeah. The resins I got from them as well, from the Pirates, they they were probably the same scale. I haven't had a chance to print any of these ones yet, but they are on the large. Yeah, I I didn't realise until I primed them at the same time as the Necromantic team. And I was like, ooh, these are big boys. Um, They are chonky, and it's interesting that on on their page they did say, hey guys... You may want to scale this down to 85 because people say it's too big. And that is something I hadn't done. So I printed a few guys off. And actually, I mean, they look absolutely fine. But if you want to Yeah, they them- fit on the bases. It's not, it's like, <laughs> they don't really like tower over your humans and stuff like that. They're, they're just big rats. 
Yeah, they're just they're big. Fine. It's gave and mutate anyway, don't they? They could be any size. That's it. These are biker mice from Mars. They're really pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty big boys. So, yeah, that basically is all the news I've seen. Uh, there's a that other one is finishing the uh, the one with the team trays and the extras. That finishes in five days, so I didn't think it was worth really talking about because that's Mets goal. And if you've got two different printers, it's worthwhile backing. If you've only got one type of printer, it's probably not, which is mm-hmm. pretty tough. Um, only you, Ben, <laughs> and your two printer setup <laughs> could achieve it. Stupidly financial irresponsible decision. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So let's wrap up the news, and we'll go talk about printers and things in hobby. Okay, and we're back, and it's hobby time. So, Ben, take it away. Where do you want to start? Um, I got I got the big battle force Rage Sigma, Ben. Oh yeah, you did. You really did. Mm. What? So, what was that? That was the the ogre thing. Yeah, the ogres. Yeah. So it's you... it's a lot of plastic. And that's what you were practicing print uh, painting on the hobby stream you did last week. Uh, no, I did some necromantic on there. Oh, you did necromantic. You did necromantic. But I think for future hobby streams, I was going to do one tonight. Uh, at the time oh, of recording, yeah. forgot we're doing it, so I'm going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, um, I'll be doing ogres there. Uh, probably just building them though, because so much. To, I've, I've done what I can when I find the time, but that, these these forces, uh, these battle force boxes, like some people were saying, they shrunk. Some have, I think. Like the original ones were huge. This one, it arrived. I'm just like, this is way bigger than I imagined. And you just open it up and there's rows of plastic. And it's just like, yeah, this is actually an addiction, isn't it? What, what do you mean, shrunk? <laughs> do you mean like just the, the contents-wise? The contents, yeah. Yeah. But this one, I disagree. This one is a lot. Like, ogres are big. You get a giant. You get, like, a big cannon. And, yeah, it's... it's. I very mu- I'm very much enjoying it. Um, it's it's been quite nice just to snip and I get some time maybe in like a meeting and stuff like that the army's coming together looking forward to just batch painting it all up but yeah so uh, what was it called? Know, good models. Battle Box? This was Battle Force yeah um, I think it was Meat Fist Blood Tribe or something like that <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> Man, like that. that is that's so Gabe's Workshop yeah uh, here we go so Games Workshop reveals. I'm going to switch the, switch the camera over back. Did it. you hear about these? Oh Did no, I accidentally clicked on spiky for bits. Ah, oh, hobby points lost. <laughs> Is it the. Am I, am I looking at the wrong one? No, it was this year that they. War had... glut something. I could meet Fist War glut, it might be called. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, did you hear about what happened with these? Oh no. No, what happened? Okay. Right. The games Workshop. We love them. We do. They make great games. They make fantastic models. But oh they do make it difficult. They do make it difficult sometimes. These things are amazing. They've done them every year and for like the past I think four years. Um and they're these big boxes for Age of Sigmar and 40k. And if you play these games, you'd know that collecting armies is pretty expensive. So they create these boxes to make it a little bit easier around Christmas. So you can buy them for like a gift for like a loved one. I mean, probably not a friend unless you really like them because they're still £100. <laughs> um, but yeah, and they, you just get so much, 
so much stuff. You get usually about twice as much as it is. They're, they're about half price generally, around half price, 75 to 5% off uh, of the retail. And then you can also get third-party discounts on top of that. Is that, um, is that what you do in the end? Yeah, yeah, I was able to track one down. But that, that's where I'm getting to. Is previously, they've been fine. They make them, and you can buy them around Christmas. You can even buy them after Christmas. Sometimes you can go into like January, and you can pick these up. They are limited, so they only do them around this time of year. But like recently, Games Workshop has grown massively. We know that. Lockdown has done a lot for the hobby. Um, people have started. People have been getting really into painting. And... Um, and we've seen all these things come out that sell out. You know, you had it with the Blood Bowl dice. We had it. Um, it all started with Indomitus. It all started with Sisters of Battle. Oh, it was the Sisters of Battle oh, arms. Man, I forgot did. about those. Yeah, they released those, and but that was a really hyped that was a, that was a special thing. That was something that they've been hyping for fifteen years. Like that was that is true. That was like a yeah. mega thing. Indomitus was just this year's battle. This year's starter kit. You pretty know. much that's what and they almost that they they did say this is not the start set but it may as well be like and we've ordered <laughs> quote literal boatloads um, and <laughs> i love that we're like this yeah. is not the starter set but it is but it's not the starter yeah. set. we want it on record but it basically is though <laughs> yeah. yeah it's got the book in this and, is yeah. a value uh, bundle uh i did manage to find down the oh i did track down the ogre more tries battle force meat grinder war glut that's uh, the one meat grinder got war up glut. on the screen now you get so much in there. That is a ton of kit. Yeah, the old models. Yeah, but the, amount of, the amount of plastic sprues that comes in that box, yeah. I was not prepared for it. Yeah, they are all um, old models. Although the iron guts still hold out. I still, I have an, I have an ogre blood bowl team made of iron guts somewhere. All of them hold out. I think they're from two thousand and four. The sprues say so. Even the giants, two thousand five. I didn't realize it that old. I didn't realize the giant um, was that old. Yeah. Uh, the Iron Blast is a bit newer. I think that's like 2012, 2011, Yeah, I don't recognise The Tyrant it. is very new. Not really. So I, yeah. I, I recognise the Tyrant because that was only a couple of years ago, I think. And, uh, it was Feast of Bones. It was in last year. Yeah. yeah. And then I don't recognise the um, Rhino Cannon. Uh, that's, yeah, that's the Iron Blaster. It doesn't look like it ever came on a square base, so I'm not sure I'm familiar with it. <laughs> I don't think it did. I think it came uh, with the early Age of Sigma, I think. Oh. No, it must be newer than 2012. So anyway, man, you were saying that actually the issue yeah. is that they keep doing these bundle boxes and just hurting yeah, this third time party. Around, yeah, like I was hoping to order this from Entoyment, but I mean, I was refreshing the page and it was sold out before I even saw it come up. Um yeah, we, we've, yeah. Seen, we've seen this. I mean, we absolutely love Entoyment. They do a really great job, especially supporting the show would actually everybody I know who shops there has, has a great time. Um, but they got hurt by Games Workshop on every everyone since Indomitus. Indomitus hurt them. And you see the same thing everywhere online, every shop. Uh, they're like, guys, just to forewarn you, the next release, we're probably not going to have much. And, you know, the conspiracy theorists, like on Reddit and obviously Hatebook, that is just going crazy for Games Workshop are doing this so that people just sack off third parties and go and buy stuff direct from G-Dub. And it's, it, whether that's the goal or not, it is working. Um, because otherwise yeah. you've got to scrounge around and you just risk stuff. Yeah, like I, I think it would be really nice if, we just had, like, I can, I get it. It's COVID, right? It's production's going to be hit. I yep. still really respect yep. Games Workshop. They still produce in the UK. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, like, they, 
they still produce loads and it's really good. But I just think they should just be a little bit more transparent and just be like, look, this is literally how many each shop is going to get from the get go. This like, yeah. I either say that, either be honest and say, this is it. But they hype it up to be a big thing and then you can't get it. They hype and it up to be a think, huge thing. Tell the shops it's going to be a huge thing. And the shops like, oh, yeah. great. Let's go tell everyone about this sweet new product. And then the week of release, they're like, by the way, guys, you're getting three. And yeah. you know all the all the friendly local game shops are like, cool. I just spent three weeks hyping this product up for you, and now they're all going to go to your online shop and buy it, then come into my store and play it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a little bit, and like you know, these companies are hurting too. And these companies are hurting you know, more than than, than G Dubs. Although to be fair, G Dubs has got hundreds of clo- hundreds of stores that also had to close, and the stores are kind of, from what I've heard, already running at a loss a lot of the time. Yeah, because they're there for branding rather than. Um, Rather than profit, I think uh, mm. I think they're there for branding. Uh, still, it's I mean, I did I never got my necromantic pitch because they just delivered zero copies. Uh, really? Yeah, and then immediately went on back order slash out of stock. Uh, but I mean, g- to be fair to them, Games Workshop themselves have had oh dear um, have had issues delivering and like come and clean on their own orders, like Milton with his uh, necromantic dice. Yeah, he ordered it actually from the Games Workshop website uh, while it was still in stock, and what nine days later got an email saying, "Yeah, you, this is on back order now." Uh, it, he literally got Wayland Games. Wayland Games did <laughs> by Games Workshop. Um, actually, that's not fair. With Wayland Games, historically, you have to ask them where my where your stuff is. But I think I think Games Workshop told Milton like, "Hey, thanks for ordering. Uh, you, you you're not getting your product now," which yeah. Which, therefore, I think we could extrapolate is actually a supply issue um, in general rather than just a Games Workshop thing. It's hard to tell if it's supply or if it's like the scalpers. Obviously, that's a thing. People buying buying them all up and scalping them. Oh, yeah, that's definitely Um, definitely a thing. I think that was probably one of the big parts with with the Indomitus. The Indomitus kit was uh, was the 40k not starter set, and it was mega friggin' value, wasn't it? Huge value, yeah. It's basically like this, but... Times, yeah, a few. It, it was, was it was great. It was yeah, it was really good. Anyway, the Ogre War Tribes Battle Force you've got Ben mm. has got a giant. It's got a rhino with a cannon That's... on the back. It's got one, two, three, four cannon ogres. One, two, three, four armored ogres, and what like a bit, twelve, buttons, twelve yeah. standard ogres, and an ogre boss, and obviously two little tiny noblars. Three little tiny noblars. Four of them, man. You actually get more than that because the cannon kit has a you can build as a Noblar scrap launcher and that has about oh. ten ridden on it ridden on it. So you're telling me this so. Ogre Battle Force comes with a Blood Bowl team? <laughs> it does, yeah. You can, actually, you can make a few Blood Bowl teams from this. Oh, that is absolutely uh, sweet. So yeah, no, but I'm I'm looking forward to painting this all up. Yeah, wh- really cool. Why why this this team? Sorry, this army. Uh, because the Battle Force. Because <laughs> the Battle Force. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know, it was it was a proper army in a box, and you know. Comes this time of year. I remember in Warhammer Hammond saying this, where every Christmas he gets uh, he gets the the new army feeling. I was just like, yeah, it's it's good value. A friend was basically saying, hey, do you want Feast of Bones? The ogre half are really cheap, and add that to that, and it's two thousand points. Oh, so I, just I thought, see. Yeah. You got Ben Abled. I did get Ben Abled. Yeah, nice. And they, they are really fun to paint, though. Like again, I painted a couple of these ogres, and it was just like, you know what? This was fun. It's just big surfaces to go like 
have a good time with the airbrush on and then just do a bunch of really quick metal that's dirty. Yeah, we showed off um, no time at all. Yeah. Showed yeah, off on, on Whip Wednesday, which was Yeah. Which was cool. A lot of people loved it. I mean, it was very cool. And you and the airbrush stuff is just absolutely leveling up skill after skill. Like it's Thanks for these things. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to having twenty five ogres to practice on. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. That is so cool. Now I know that you watched a YouTube video. Uh, where a dude painted an army in 24 hours. Is that... In Sventurella, yeah. Yeah, that's what inspired your nobility. Um, Three, yeah. Did it inspire the ogre army as well? It did, because this box then came out and was like, oh, it just makes me... Yeah, I've got to do it now. (laughs) Because it inspired, yeah, like you said, it inspired the nobility stuff, and then then they dropped ogres. Um, Yeah, I just think it's fun. I think, you know, army painting is fun. It's. I think something I want to learn is to get faster army, army painting and then apply that to teams and then hopefully try and do like you know try and get a blood bowl team done in like after work you know what i mean <laughs> you have like five hours you can do it with the, you done. can do it with a seven steam like a hundred percent i mean you did like three in one night <laughs> yeah, that was a terrible <laughs> idea but i did yeah uh yeah, yeah i did three in one night and then one the next night uh, because of Crazy. F- filming and everything um i don't know I, maybe that's it that's my driver is uh I like well, I'm a deadline worker. Uh, you just like you just are masochist, I think. Um Well no, it's the same thing. I just like if you set a hard task and a hard deadline, you it's surprising what you can get done. Yeah, that yeah, that is really, really true. Anyway, you've picked up a massive box of loot. And that's your what about you? that's your next project. So my thing, I mean, uh, Whip Wednesday went up on Thursday this week, so it was kind of Whip Thursday because Honestly, real life talk, oh man, work got seriously, seriously busy. So I'm a compliance manager. I am now also uh, the e-commerce manager. So I have many, many vans. I literally have a fleet. I am now a fleet commander. <laughs> like I am one, <laughs> I am one step closer to my dream of being Picard. Um, change shirt, get a different uh, color. <laughs> <laughs> I was already red, yeah, but like new school red. Yeah, so I am now a fleet commander, um, which would normally be like, oh sweet, that's a cool thing. Except the fact that it is now it it, it it happened at the beginning of December. And for those of you out there who don't have any idea what Christmas is like, Christmas is very busy. Uh, e-commerce mm. Christmas is really, 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 really busy. So this thing landed with me with uh, we need you to take this task on initially, and you've got three weeks till Christmas. Um, help. Mm. And I'm like, That's oh, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have been insanely busy with work. It's going really well. I've got a great team. Like the team that are there doing what they're doing are my old, they used to be with me on income compliance. So, like, my you know, two of my assistants both worked with me before and like it's it's a great team like it's really exciting and now i've just got this super team of a whole bunch of people that i I love working with like it's just so cool that i now have everybody that i want like (laughs) i'm just building up i genuinely feel like an nfl coach where i'm like (laughs) where like you know you have your one area to look after and you've got your key people now you've got this other area and you've got key people there it's just so great i'm like right let's do this let's build a legacy and um but it is it is a lot of work and i found myself being actually too tired to do things and you know i was already you have been smashing it with the videos. But Let's not, not be on it. Like not this week. This week I have failed. Whip Wednesday was late, and that's not okay with me. 
Um, but it, it, it had to be on Wednesday. Hey. I mean, because of the e-com operation, when it goes in, I'm, I've watched too much We Were Soldiers. I like to be, you know, you like to go in first, be the first person there, make sure it's all operating well. So I've been doing like going in at five o'clock to see the start of the operation, to be like, right, how are you doing? How do we do this? What are we looking? What are we finding? Looking at the interplay between our night replenishment teams and the e-com teams in the morning and stuff. It's been really, really cool. I've learned a lot about actually some things that are just baffling that we are not getting them right already. Like, and I'm like, hey, is this uh, is this normal? And they're like, yeah, it's rubbish. Every day this happens. And I'm like, cool. Should we not? Should we not? Like, <laughs> uh, so it's been like really productive, but it's just, and it's enjoyable. Um, I That's like good that it's enjoyable at least. Yeah, you know, I, if it, if it was really stressful and really unrewarding, taxing, like, as in like unfun, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then uh, that's exactly it. Like I enjoy my job anyway because it gives me, I can go in. I know how to do a good job of it. I've got great people who work with me to do stuff, and then I get the actual time to, you know, play YouTube and do stuff. Now it's like, okay, it's coming up to Christmas, so things are already busy, and now you've got this extra thing. So I'm like, I'm actually enjoying the challenge, but it has cost me time. Um, so those of you out there who are still waiting for a reply for a message or another, I am very sorry. I am getting to it. But you know what it's like when you are just burnt out at the end of the day, and you're just like, I really just need to sleep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and There's so many hours in a day, and you've got to take eight of them out. So. Yeah. Even, or, even, or like six, probably for you or five. Barely. Barely. Sunday night, I watched yeah. the Packers game, went to bed at 12, got up at 3, went to work. <laughs> I had a great day. It was awesome. Um, came home, and uh, what did I do on Monday? I, I did. I think I just did more work, actually. However, right, so that was my real-life dump. Uh, the printer has turned up. Uh, the 3D printer. Man. And it has been my saviour, because it doesn't take a lot of time to do stuff. So, like, it takes, like, half an hour to... Take your old print out, clean it, and then put your new print on. Um, and that's yeah. Sometimes not even that. Yeah. If if everything goes right, it's like not even that. It, yeah, and that's been so cool. So actually, my my little like actually, I can spend half an hour just bugger about now with uh, with STL files. Um, probably shouldn't have said that word. Where are we? Where are we? Seventeen minutes thirty two in. I'm gonna have to bleep that one out to make it family friendly. 1732 anyway um yes so this is it when i get tired i get i, I lose discipline i lose discipline uh, so this is hobby and 1732 magic groovy um yeah so it's kind of been like i haven't had the time to film or do anything so just come home see how the print was that's been sweet as well come home ah oh, cool got miniatures uh and that then- is i think the best thing about printers is like that feeling you just described where you know something's done yeah and you can just run to it you're just like let's see let's see let's see like that's why i love having overnight prints it's pretty scary because you can't check on them oh but dude i have never like... once checked on a print <laughs> really <laughs> no well, i get super paranoid no i'm leaving it going in the day i'm just like because once i i went into the garage where the printer was and the plate was clearly not hadn't been like tightened or something or wasn't quite aligned yeah and the plate it had like hit the screw on the side of the vat. Oh wow! And it had tilted, pushed it up, and it was just going like, just like, <laughs> just like making a horrible noise. And I was just like, oh no, I've ruined everything. Everything's broken. And I took the vat off, and the screen had like a crack in it, where this thing had just been pushing on a glass screen. And oh. I thought everything was ruined, but I mean, the crack is just like 
cosmetic it's not not an issue right the, 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 the screen then, the screen okay. on the bottom of the resin tank yeah yeah so yeah. i have screen that i have a little divot in it where clearly i've tried to take off a failed print and i've scratched a corner um and i was like oh no it's the end and i've had no Do issues you mean the film yeah on the bottom of that there's like a- oh no that that's not too bad like trying to damage that like that might cause some issues like i think i've got to the point where it's kind of filled in with cured resin so it's kind of quite level <laughs> um so i i, I use a pl- i use the screen until i can literally nothing will work anymore yeah and then i use another one no, I mean like the glass screen on Ooh, the printer. The underbit uh, that like shines through. Yeah. The OHP bit. Um, yeah, the bit you should never get resin on because you'll never, it'll just ruin everything. I need yeah. to be. Uh, I need to be very careful with that then. <laughs> so full <laughs> I disclosure. Like, I like to put fear into your. Oh, man, I did not read the instructions at all. Like not not a one. Like I just literally. Really? Yeah. Well, you told me loads of stuff, and I was like, ah, I'll be fine. <laughs> you don't uh, trust my <laughs> I've had I've had many failed prints and it's all it's all part oh, of learning. <laughs> yeah, I know. it's because I just Leroy Jenkins my Helen my way into the, like it's like okay this has been this is like two hundred pounds worth of equipment it'll be fine. Um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm being far too gung ho about this, but I got loads of cool stuff now. So you've I'm, had you've had more success than I had when I started. That's because you told me loads of stuff. Honestly. Honestly, like I, you, you set me up with the original settings, which I've only had to tweak once, and I'm not sure I should have tweaked it, but I did, and it's worked since, so I'm okay with it. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, you gave me loads of great advice, and you did put the fear of absolute edge into me with loads of stuff, like never scratch the screen, and now every time I'm like, <laughs> this is like terrifying, like never get bits of resin, in. and I'm like, okay. Um, I just don't want you to make the same mistakes I did. I went through a lot of like product in failures and it kind of disheartened me at the beginning because it's just like you sort of throwing money at problems um i've had loads of failures and the worst is like bases and i I talked about this in the last segment i don't know why ben but i i can't print bases like i have tried several different stl files i've tried them flat i've tried them side on i've tried them at 45 degrees which seems to be the sweet spot for a lot of stuff and they just fail with the exception of these other ones that are just absolute chunky boys that I hate <laughs> because they look like painting plinths instead of bases. I was like, cool, these are big wasteland files. They look great. I'm going to use them for my, my pirates team. And then I've printed the whole thing and they just look like garbage. Now I've got mm. like seven bases that I will do nothing with. I'm just going to throw at birds instead. They <laughs> uh, <laughs> come too near to my shed, to my lab. Uh, don't know, don't know. Can't do that. Um, um yeah I don't yeah know. I, don't, I don't know with bases like uh, printing them flat has always worked for me um i've never really had issues since doing that if you do like the little bit where you put the bit underneath yeah you know, 3d printing pro the, you, the, you the raft the raft i believe that's yeah. called yeah Rafting. yeah but it kind of goes like underneath rather than out of it yeah so you then just fire it, you sand it down yeah that works for me um maybe just have a little bit of a relevel but i've actually gone off printing bases like I, I just don't do it now. I have to. I've, I've leaned towards printing stuff to go on the base rather than printing the base. Like if I want a tree stump or something like that, I am. I, I am tree stump. I'm shaking this this box, this plastic blister pack full of stuff I have printed that just goes on bases, and it's so good. Yeah, uh, but the not mushrooms. Yeah, the mushrooms, the candles, the I can't. It, what's the word for those like metal pole stands that have fire on the top? Torch. 
Uh, yeah, torch is probably the word. I don't know. I thought yeah. they were like braziers or something. Um, oh, no, that's, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's the thing. I tried to braziers. say that on Whip Wednesday and it came out braziers and I was like, well, that, that's not nice. quite right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, yeah, because I just end up filling that, which I didn't realise until like three prints in, that the whole idea for a tray, I was like, oh, got loads of stuff on this one and it's still taking the same amount of time yeah, it turns about it's all about verticalness um yes yes so lesson learned you can fill it yeah completely. so i just, I just keep chucking strips of like spiders and candles and mushrooms on and um i tell you what they have never failed it's awesome like if if the rest of the entire print fails i end up with like some mushrooms so i had this really weird one where the like it started printing and then about 12 millimeters in it just looked like someone switched off the stargate and it just like it just looked like half of it had been pushed through a portal and then turned off uh and yeah. I, I still haven't figured out what the heck that was all about i read loads of stuff online and i was like well all of that sounds bad so what i'm gonna do is print something else and hope it works and it worked so mm, i don't know it could be um if the mushroom is always fine it could just be a support thing yeah, I, I went back and looked at the file and I was like, I think I just used, I didn't put a solid enough base and I, doesn't, I assumed that halfway through the print, the loose stuff came off and then got in the way of the rest of the print and just upset the whole I thing. Yeah. yeah, apparently you can also, like, the slicing can fail where it just skips a couple of slices. I had that with, um, I printed a big Yeti once and this was this was early on. Um, I didn't even think to hollow it, so it was this big brick and this thing is huge. It was like... <laughs> Like this big uh, on camera, it's probably about you know a good six inches, not a no, no, like a four inches long, like a couple of inches wide. And um, you sound like a fisherman. It's really heavy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> catch the day. Yeah, no, but it was like huge, and it had done most of it. It was weighed a ton, and then it just stopped, and it just sliced it like you say because it just said, nah, I'm not doing it anymore, <laughs> and it just was this brick of resin that I wasted. Oh. It was really disheartening. That is but, that is horrible. Uh, no, yeah. so I had some bases that didn't print because they fell off. I had that weird one where stuff just stopped halfway through. And I've had a few where I've just... The worst thing, Ben, is like you'll you fill a plate full of stuff and then you'll mm-hmm. take it all off and you'll be like, yeah, the print's successful. Like, woo, take a selfie, post it in the group chat, be like, look at my loot. And then I, I, I cleaned it all up and I was like, oh, there's a hand missing. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did it did it fail? Like, is there half a hand floating in the resin plant? Did I not print it? Did I not put it on the base? Like, what's going on? And you know what? To this day, I don't know what happened to that hand. Uh, so I printed another one and it's fine. So <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. Went back to the oh, file. Right. I was like, it's right there. Like, it's right there. Like, where has it gone? Did I just clean it away? Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's just complete. Ma- I think I treat this very differently to you. Um, like this Maybe. this is legit like this i am the qui-gon Jin of printing now this is all feel don't think use your instincts <laughs> i'm like this will be all right <laughs> i can't yeah, no, I'm, I'm the, pod I need racing. a logical explanation this needs this needs science i why does this not work I, that's that's my attitude if it doesn't fail i'm just like this defies logic i'm the vulcan yeah yeah you're, you're the spark i am a massive obi-wan yeah. fan but i think i'm qui-gon at this point uh but no yeah i've had a lot of fun it's it's wicked and Oh man, I've I've definitely printed off its value now in stuff that I would have eventually bought uh, in one way or another. Like I've got like this, there's like this tiny shadow sword that if you, oh that's amusing, a little piece just fell off it. <laughs> uh, 
that's okay. That's supposed to happen, definitely. But yeah, like I, I buy loads of random six mil tanks and stuff, and this would have been eight quid, like on a good day, like eight to twelve pounds yeah. for this tank. And I'm like, all right, and I got loads of War Master, and all that would be ten pounds per three bases. And I'm just, it's just like I'm just filling space with these tiny men, and uh, it's mental. Oh. And like you can get, yeah, you get like one bottle of about forty pound resin. You can print. 200 300 pounds worth of miniatures oh it's, it's just it's just amazing like thank you for trailblazing with this but yeah i'm 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 well in now but what we do need is more blood bowl um yeah because the the, the, the... <laughs> well no no i don't just mean news i mean with 3d printing um you yeah, know like yeah. i would love to just be chain printing blood bowl stuff but with the exception of uh a few squirrel files and the punga stuff that punga's great but you just buy those miniatures our only studio has the, uh, has the patreon and so uh yeah yeah that none of that stuff's supported which stresses me out yeah i'll support them and I'll, I'll, yeah, as long as you buy the files give me oh oh okay so i have a confession for you now ben Okay. I believe when we started, you were like, never use the pre-support, never use the button that auto-supports, never do it, it's terrible, it'll take your children. And um, as I have no children, I'm like, I click this button and then it does things. And you know what? I have had a great time every single time. Never once. I do go and check and remove the random, it's like, ah, oh, do you know what this model yeah. needs? A pole through its face. I... <laughs> I will go and change that. I, 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 this this ogre has now lost a bit of his ear, uh, but it's an ogre, so that's fine. I, I don't know. A dragon did it. Um, so yeah, that's. The, I have used the pre-support way more than I should. I'm just waiting for it to let me down, and it's okay because the way you taught me, oh man, the way you taught me is just so stressful. I can't do it. I've, I've tried it. <laughs> Way you just I, to be fair, you've had a really busy week and it is time consuming. But like, I find the reason I've justified it is I found the hassle with auto supports and the stuff that doesn't work, and having to potentially clean up really annoying support lines and stuff like that or support marks is wor- is isn't worth the extra ten minutes to support model. Yeah. You know? No, I, that's, that's, I, I have I have one hundred percent been in the way of right. I have got seventeen minutes. What is pre-supported? Yeah, what is pre-supported? This is pre-supported. This can be printed. I need this. Um, I think I think legitimately the only one thing I have printed that I would have, I would say I needed to print was this ogre, and it's come out great, and I'm really happy. But everything else has just been like, I want to print things. Where where are files? Mushrooms. We need more mushrooms. Um, and Battletech miniatures. Definitely need a couple of atlases. Chuck that in. And then then I discovered the heresy miniatures, Ben. Oh, my goodness me. It's it's so... I'm a, I've, I grew up Games Workshop. Love it. Space Marines. Love it. Adeptus Titanicus. Love it. Loved it when it was originally out. Um, and I've, 8 mil like I just there's loads of eight mil terminators and things but heresy and i've just got this little tray in front of me of like these eight to ten mil terminators in like the cataphracty armor and oh man it's just it's just a dream they look so good they look genuinely great i'm looking forward to seeing them painted up because i think all this stuff especially printed stuff really comes to life when you put paint on it oh yeah i mean i 
I primed uh, the first stuff yesterday because I hadn't primed anything. I just printed it and just piled it up, literally piled it on the desk. And I did prime some things today. And there's a couple of miniatures that came out that I thought were a bit, when they printed, I was like, oh, not, it's not great quality, like not as good. But once, with a bit of priming, I'm like, actually, this is this is 100% fine. Like this is it's similar to like metal minis. Like metal, I find often looks a little bit weird, and like you might think, oh, that's really doesn't show any detail. And then you prime, yeah, you prime it, and like all the shine goes. Yeah, it's the same with printing. That I find the resin gets thin at the detail, and yes. the light just it gets quite translucent. The light shines through it and it softens it. I had that worry with the Fanath dwarfs because I remember messaging you being like, please check your dwarfs because I'm worried I have used water that's too hot and it's made the stuff just soft. But it's just the way resin looks. Um, Yeah. uh, Well, yeah. Anyway, that's 3D printing. That's what I've been doing 3D printing. Have you been doing any 3D printing, Ben, or have you been taking a break? Uh, I've taken a bit of a break. I still need to... The last felt print I haven't cleaned out since. It's been uh, there for two weeks, over two weeks, I think. It might have burned through all of that, but <laughs> I'll have to find out. Um, but I do need a picture for my burger army, so. I'll oh, print yeah. You sent that picture yeah. of that dude. Yes, yeah, it was uh, from Titan Forge, uh, the Taverns of Dark Secret. He is the ogre chef. He's like a big, burly ogre with a chef's hat and apron. Cleaver looks perfect. He fits in aesthetically quite similarly to the Games Workshop uh, Games Workshop ogres. Yeah, like his face structure and arms and muscles and stuff. Like fat, which like muscle fat. Yeah. I that's strong. <laughs> that's strong. <laughs> I'm the strong kind of fat. Um, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I am not. I am the uh, the average strength <laughs> style of chubby. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> that only a semi desk job can can achieve. Um, not quite. Uh, bodyguard but <laughs> <laughs> yeah not quite that level um no that's that's that is awesome like it's been it's been a great hobby have you been uh have you done the, the ogre test painting um have you got any other hobby bits on the go ben actually haven't like yourself i've had quite a busy week um just with a lot of other things like christmas is coming up been like decorating together all that sort of stuff getting everything ready um have you got yeah the tree it's up? actually it's actually tree is all up yeah lights yeah. are all up I, I love christmas it's it's lame but we've had like the tunes on and i just really like it i was it's nice ready. to have a positive vibe i was ready for christmas this year i think the yeah. whole world was um if you're ready for it working in retail then anyone yeah i mean i don't i well i went through a proper i think the uh the correct phrase is transition curve with christmas with retail at first you're like oh this is great it's really busy and it's great fun and then a couple of years in you're like oh my god this is hell there are people everywhere and everything's going crazy and it's only November and then all of a sudden Easter stocks in and you're just like, ah. Oh. And then, I don't know, about three or four years ago, I was like, nah, I love it. It's great. It's easy. Just pile in the people and give them jobs around the place. It's yeah. all fine. And um, But yeah, just with the year we have had, and it has been a horrible year for everybody in one way or another. It doesn't matter if nothing's gone wrong for you. It's still an oppressive year. I mean, there's a load of people out there who've lost jobs. That's very bad. There is a lot of people out there who have actually died. Like, it has been a genuinely bad year. And, um, I don't know, Christmas is just, it's just nice. You know, we can all just hate the fact that that song has been playing for our entire lives, but actually we secretly like it. You know, we get to watch a kid be abandoned by his family four different times. And uh, we love those movies because it's Christmas. Uh <laughs> 
<laughs> so, what's your favourite Christmas movie, man? What's your What's your go to? Uh, the cop out answer is Die Hard, isn't it? Oh, I was going to say. Alison, <laughs> Alison this, and I don't think I had a solid answer. Maybe I'll have one next week. I'll watch a few, and uh, and then the next podcast when it's probably <laughs> it will Christmas be day. It will be the Christmas and, special. It will be out on Christmas Day. I'll have an answer. Um, have you seen the Santa Claus with Tim Allen? Uh, I think so. Oh, it's, that's <laughs> one of my favourites. I absolutely love it. Tiff loves it as well. Do you know who Tim Allen is? Yeah, I know. I, uh, yeah, I think I have seen the movie, actually. I, I have seen it's it. It's just Tim Allen as Father Christmas. Uh, it's just it's just awesome. He's just so sarcastic. <laughs> And I'm like, hey, it's me. I absolutely love it. Like Tiff's just looking at the movie. He says a thing and she just looks at me. And I'm like, yes, I know. I was raised by Tim Allen. Like I thought I was raised by Picard, but actually I was raised by Tim Allen in the Santa Claus and home improvement. Uh, It's just so good. (laughs) But the best thing is, so the premise of the Santa Claus is that uh, Santa Claus arrives at his house and then he hears him on the roof and him and his son go out and be like, hey, why are you on my roof? And he falls off and Santa Claus dies. Uh, Then he picks up his business card and just kind of like ends up becoming Santa against his wishes. And it's really hilarious. Um, I've seen but, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really good. Like there's little sarcastic elves and everything. It's, it's, it's I love it. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. But then at the very end, like the kid looks up as like the dad flies off and he's now Santa Claus. And someone's like, you'd make a great psychiatrist. He's like, no, I'm going to go into the family business. And everyone's like, Oh, he wants to be like his dad. And Tiff's like, Oh, it's my favorite bit. I was like, he has just said, I want to push my dad off a roof and take his job. Feels <laughs> good. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's so nice. It's just such a lovely moment. And I was like, he's just said he wants to Game of Thrones his dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not the red wedding. It's the red turkey. And he's going to kill his dad, end him and take his job. These reindeer are mine. That's just, it's just crazy. <laughs> like, this is a Christmas I can get behind. It's unnecessary. Oh, yeah. but... <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, other than that, I mean, I don't know how you can, how you can top that, except with obviously Die Hard. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's everyone's I don't like Christmas answer to what's your favourite Christmas? Uh, Christmas is, is normally pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, I like it. I mean, I just, I don't know whether it's because, yeah, I'm in retail. So Christmas and Boxing Day are the only two days where nothing is going on. That's not entirely true. But it's it's the closest thing to the whole world is closed. Like, you go for a walk on Christmas Day and literally everything is closed. Like, if you, you can't get tyres, therefore the world has stopped. Uh, you know, and it's just, it's just really refreshing. I mean, not for the people who work in Costa on Boxing Day, because last year we went for a walk and got a Costa and we're like, oh, it's so lovely that the world is closed. Thank you for my tea. Um... <laughs> stranger although i'm i've had a bad day so i'm in a negative mood that day she was like what 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 milk would you like would you like semi would you like skimmed or full fat and i was like well actually i'd I'd really prefer semi-skimmed she then proceeded to look me dead in the eye and pour both milks into my cup (laughs) (laughs) i remember just being like okay this is this is fine like tiff's got her uh cinnamon christmas chocolate you know, fizz bomb, whiz banger, and I'm just there with this milky tea, and I'm like, <laughs> Merry Christmas. I, I, <laughs> but she looked me dead in the eye and did it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm, 
Science. <laughs> I wasn't even being sarcastic. I was like, oh, I'm me skimmed if you've got it. And she was just like, this must be the 75th time someone's asked me. So you're now getting both milks. Well, <laughs> I was like, all right, fine. But I was like a good little English boy. I drank my tea as we went for our Christmas day, oh, yeah. our Boxing Day walk. Yeah, you know? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, I can't not drink it now. Um, and Tiff's on a sugar high because all, all the sugar, all the sugar. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm looking forward to doing that on Boxing Day. But I'm going to bring my own milk. Um, yeah. <laughs> with a hip flask. Like everyone's just going to think, like, just go over to the car, take the hip flask out, top up the drink. They're going to be like, ooh, watch him on the drive home. And there I am just merrily trying to enjoy a cup of tea. Insane. <laughs> um, oh, although, Tiff's other drink at the moment is she picked up Bailey's with chocolate. And she's been... Oh, that stuff is good. She's that is very good. topping up all the hot chocolates with it. And squirty cream and sprinkles. It's just awesome. I, mm. Constant tipsiness of December is, is where it's at. <laughs> yeah. Kid, uh, <laughs> everyone. I'm going to be. Um, I'm going to be cooking, so I'm going to try not to not to be too drunk. I get to cook the Christmas dinner. Mm. Yeah, which is good. Although I don't know. You a fan of turkey? Love it. Best bit of the year. Yeah. The Christmas turkey. Love it. I. I it's it's a very cool event and it's awesome to it's just i don't know i just i like christmas it's the world stops you may or may not see your family depending on what boris says this year um mm-hmm. no no one's no one's sure so i think everyone's just going to do what they want and then be like oh my mistake <laughs> yeah um, I think. and then uh, yeah we're all going to have a lovely january indoors um it's quite funny i kind of feel like the lockdown's kind of gone away now everything's switching back to normal it feels like that but it's not like that no i think you know what i mean do you think it's because yeah. of, of the vaccine talk maybe i think it's laxed a bit i'd say i'd say i just haven't been outside anyway so i don't really know what the world is doing <laughs> yeah. like i put some lights up and that's about as close as i got to going <laughs> the outside world the closest i get is is the walk from my front door to my garage door to go check on my printer <laughs> and then that's my outdoors for the week of the breaking bad effect yeah, <laughs> <laughs> your neighbours must find it hilarious. Oh yeah, especially do we do we mention this on the podcast when like you come to pick us stuff up and you're there just like <laughs> a couple of a couple of meters from the door, yeah, and hand you a little like Ziploc baggie <laughs> which actually just contains like like a, like a croxigore or something. It was, but, like, it was legitimately like, <laughs> spaceships last time, and I was like, man, it looks like it looks like you're a drug dealer. Like your neighbours must see you go to your house from your house wearing PPE. Like pajamas yeah. and a mask and gloves, and then and just this guy, yeah. like, his shirt and like tucked in trousers because he's just been like in the madness. Ends up in every like the every same week. guy, <laughs> yeah, the same dude distributing literal plastic crack. Yeah, yeah, it's not a good look. And then what made it worse was <laughs> I was in once I was in this garage with doing some resin printing and i always keep the garage door slightly ajar so you can't you could probably see my feet my legs <laughs> but i have to duck under to go under there because i just don't like people watching you and um and like I've, i i usually go out to like boil the kettle and i i heat like some boiling water to take up all those resin supports which is a toy tip by the way yeah it's a really handy tip really good tip. um but i always do that with because i wear a face master in it for the fumes and i wear later oh, ni- nitrile gloves blue gloves and so i've just come <laughs> out of my house holding this steaming pot with a face mask on, gloves 
and I duck under my garage into this dimly lit thing in like pajamas as well. And um, one of my neighbours, who's lovely, he actually just ducks under the. F- he's walking his dog and he ducks under. He said, "Ben, are you okay?" I say, "Oh yeah, it's fine. I'm just in my lab." <laughs> For some reason, that was my response. So they want to say like. He's, he's he's quite old. He probably wouldn't understand 3D printing. So I just say, yeah, I'm just in my lab. <laughs> and I'm just like, wait, not in that way. <laughs> and, and I think I'd leave it at that. He just nods and he's like, oh, okay, you carry on. <laughs> so I'm there. He's full assumption I'm in a lab with uh, that involves like, gloves and a mask and some steaming liquids. And <laughs> he's got this guy who comes along every like couple of weeks to pick up a Ziploc bag and drop off a box. And yeah, it's, it's it's it must be really really disturbing. I haven't had the police come yet, but the best thing is that because you use methylated spirits, it's legitimately yeah. a meth lab. It is a meth lab. Yeah, I did one time pop by. I'd be like, "Hey Ben, can I grab that meth?" And you're like, "Yeah, here's a, here's a box. You got a fresh bottle of meth for you, right?" Yeah. Here. It was awesome. I need to replace that meth, by the way. It's, it's been it's been good meth. <clears throat> it's good meth. Yeah. It's- <laughs> It's cheaper than uh, the isopropyl. It's cheaper than the good stuff. Oh man, that is absolutely awesome. I love that. I love that when yeah. someone asks you a question, you explain it. You just mention something, and they're just like, "Okay," and they walk off. Like it's the, it's, the, it's the classic. I don't want to know any more about this. I, I got this. Yeah. I got this random text from um, one of my bosses saying, "Hey Ben, tried to find your bolt cutters at work last week. Do you know where they are?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "I I do. They're in the back office, and I left it at that." And I was just sat in my office looking like puzzled at my phone. And uh, one of the other people were like, are you all right, Ben? I was like, Matt's just asked me where my bolt cutters are. And they're like, why? I was like, I was very careful not to ask. Uh, <laughs> very few things you need bolt cutters for. Yeah, I was uh, like, I, yeah. I'm not, not going to ask. I'm not going to ask this. I've got some serious bolt cutters, though. It's wicked. They're a metre long. The keys to the city. They will, Yeah. Well, when I was like years ago, like a decade ago, when I was a checkout manager... Ah, the trolley boys used to lock up the trolleys with a big old chain and then take the keys home, feed them to ducks. I don't know. We never had the keys, so the trolleys were always locked up. So my solution was to steal my granddad's bolt cutters, just put them in the boot of my car, and then every time they lost a lock, which was about every month, I'd just come out, snip it off, get a new one, no problem. And then my dad got so cross with me just having these bolt cutters because I'd get a text every now and again, have you seen the bolt cutters? I'm like, yeah, I'll drop them around. Um, and then um, for my birthday, he got me this insanely unnecessary sized one. Like, like, are you familiar with Cloud from Final Fantasy? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, with the... With the <laughs> <laughs> it's basically that. It, it just picture like if he had bolt cutters instead of a surfboard shield it's like that's amazing these things could cut through anything yeah and he got it as like a tongue-in-cheek joke like can i have my bolt cutters now please ben i'm like yeah sure i've got these ones now that's wicked and now they've just been in every office like wherever i've worked i've just kept them in the office in my cupboard because they come in handy like people are like oh my bike someone uh i've lost my key and i, I don't know if it's their bike i'm like yeah sure here's the bolt cutters so uh <laughs> <laughs> make sure it's not on cctv uh, <laughs> yeah it's all about due diligence it's not necessarily about about doing the right thing it's just about making sure that you can prove to the government you've tried um that is that is what due diligence is all about <laughs> it's it's about having yeah that's uh yeah can't imagine why i managed to get an extra extra job i don't know maybe they're just trying to get me out of compliance because i'm too much of a rogue um i don't know i doubt it anyway uh resin i'm surprised you don't wear goggles 
with the chemicals and stuff like you really should yeah i sometimes do i've got like my safety glasses on hand and often i do if i'm like shaking bottle i tend to put it on because there's like been horror stories of people where the lid wasn't quite on properly and they shake the bottle and it goes all over their face yeah that's really bad Uh, so um i i I do sometimes i got some in my eye the other week and um, oh yeah no no go away with it like i said it'll be fine uh go away with it but i don't know what it was i think it was probably the methylated spirits because i'm there like cleaning stuff away with a toothbrush i'm like dunk 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 brush 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 and this um inflammable solution is just spraying everywhere and then i'll go upstairs and i'm like oh man my eye really hurts and tiff's like where have you been i was like oh just in the lab uh and uh, she's like oh using, using chemicals in there i'm like yeah she's like cool compliance manager again <laughs> like well, yeah. I, I have not done the kosh forms for this my risk assessment would not pass because any kind of flame and that's going up which is lucky it's at the bottom of the mm. garden uh, not good for my neighbor yeah correct PPE. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm like i've got my mask on i've got my gloves on and i'm like i don't <laughs> i think i've missed a trick here um but then really after that it's just a lab coat um <laughs> yeah pretty much uh, i feel like i should get you one of those for christmas ben um, <laughs> that would really top it off. That, that would be, I think, the thing that gets the blue. <laughs> all right, that's it. Uh, the problem is, and I tried this at the beginning of the year to pick up a hazmat. They were all sold out. You could only get the really expensive ones. Like, mm, I don't know, four or five years need- ago. Who needs a hazmat? I have a hazmat somewhere in storage. Uh, it's not technically a hazmat. It's, it's an army one. Because, right, I, <laughs> I have allergies, okay? So... I'm in Christchurch. It was when I lived in Burton. It's absolutely lovely. I lived opposite fields. It was wonderful. We had a nice front garden. It was like literally like the Shire with electricity. It just couldn't be couldn't be better. Terrible internet, but it was nice. And uh, obviously, everyone I lived with was a million. So you know, next door, everyone was just old ladies everywhere. And um, I have to clean up the garden. You know, it's part of the tenancy agreement. You got to make sure you got to keep everything flowered and everything. I didn't want to look like the homeless person. You know, the 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 shameless one of the street. Um, and I was like, well, if I go out and do these flowers, I, I, my face is going to swell up. I'm going to die. I'm going to be minus one to passing. It's going to be terrible. And uh, so I was like, I've got a plan. I bought myself this hazmat thing from Amazon. It was absolutely wicked. And um, then I was out there doing my gardening in summer with this kit on, full, full on kit. And um, yeah, my neighbor just popped out, looked at me, just did that thing that yours did and just walked walk back in. She just looked at me and I was like, allergies. And they were like, oh, okay, well, you be careful, and went back in again. <laughs> I love your justification for this. You're like, yeah, I've got to do the flowers because I don't want to be the, the weird one. I don't want to be the odd one on the road. <laughs> so I bet my flowers. Oh, yeah, in a because I don't want to be weird. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I sat out in the garden afterwards in my full hazmat with, like, a straw and a drink. Like, I should have done that. But anyway, so obviously when, when this all happened, I was like, well, it might be useful to get hazmat. This could come in handy. And um, they were all sold out. It's very sad. I went to, like, the whole buy, get buy again thing on Amazon, and they were like, we know, I'm not going to stop this product. And I was like, oh, this is very sad. Like, that would have been great to just, I, I've got to wear a mask at work, hold my hazmat. <laughs> They're really um, an example. Yeah, I know compliance. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I have rambled on far too much about stuff. Um, we should probably uh, yeah. should we should we talk about some blood bowl? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about some blood bowl. <laughs> so we we have covered the re rolls. We talked about that in news. I feel like I mean let's, let's just go straight into re rolls. But was there anything else we didn't really touch on that you think is worth going over? 
Uh, I think I think we kind of covered it. Uh, yeah, I think we kind of covered it. What, what about you? Do you have anything you're thinking of? Definitely covered what I thought got better, which is like loner and stuff like that, because you get mm. the opportunity to roll, you know, to re-roll two different dice. Uh, team builds. I, you know what? I've been thinking about it while we've been chatting about nonsense. I don't think team builds are going to change. Um, I think they should, but I just don't think it's going to happen. And the reason for that is because there's that classic classic thing that we talked about on the podcast a while ago, which is TVOP, so team value on pitch. The better the players you have, the less chance you really need a reroll. So having a guy with dodge, having a guy with catch, you know, is going to mean that you already get that. So if you can spend the cash you would spend on a reroll on a player that doesn't need it, um, you know, look at the halfling catcher. Having the halfling catcher there to receive the ball to be the stretch play, that's one less reroll you need. And I, I just, I don't think it's going to change. I think there may be some builds and actually, you know what, I, I tell you what, I joked about it with the gutter runner. Like no one's going to drop a gutter runner and take an extra reroll, but actually now you might see a two gutter runner starter build like the box that comes with the fourth reroll. Um, yeah. Because actually you can win fine with two gutter runners. Um, and, you know, having that fourth reroll is really great. And then because you're scoring, because you've got a gutter runner, you're going to get two touchdowns per game. You know, that's going to be what, 40, 50K every other game you pick up a gutter runner. You ignore the linemen, let them die, get journeymen, no problem at all. That's just scaven life, yo. And, um, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what we'll see is like one less multiple of position or maybe human teams with, I was going to say, with three blitzes instead of four, but you wouldn't do it. Would you do it? I know what you mean. It's like block is better than a reroll, right? I think so. I, I really think so. But then in a league, you know, it's cheaper to buy a blitzer than it is to buy a reroll. And the reroll can affect everybody. Mm. Ah, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think, I really don't think we're going to see um, team builds change. Like the default team build, like the, every team's got the build, hasn't it? Really, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you get options. Like Skaven's a great one. You get the option of the Rat Ogre and no gutter runners or gutter runners and no Rat Ogre. It's kind of like which kind of Skaven coach do you want to be? Humans, generally speaking, as the same lineup, except there is the Ogre build or there is the no Ogre build. Um, I don't think we're going to see the billion reroll build because you just just you lose your team's identity, and yeah, like it may be better technically in the long run for you to start with six rerolls and then build the team around the rerolls, but it's just gonna be rubbish for eight games while you're building up your team. Like, I guess it depends on the other teams in the league as well. Like, if every team is going for the high reroll build, it might be all right. But then it's just going to be the same anyway, isn't it? Same level playing field. Uh, that's it. I just think there's going to be a load of coaches that are like, yeah, last season I ran this and it worked out pretty well. And now I'm running this. And why have you got no Black Orcs? Like, what's wrong with you? And, yeah. <laughs> and you're going to be like, yeah, but I got two extra rerolls. I got five rerolls on my team, no Black Orcs. He's like, cool, two die block this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if that's, um, I don't know if that's optimal. So guys out there, if you are still listening to this, Please let us know what you think about rerolls. Whether it is going to be drop two positionals, take one extra reroll now for leagues um, and tournaments. I I just don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to find out. Um, cool. Okay, so if we're going to skip that topic, that means we're going straight into redrafting now. Yep. Fantastic. We will be back in a moment. 
And we are back. So we're going to be talking about redrafting. And the reason we're going to talk about redrafting as its own thing is because we've talked through our skills and SPPs and we've talked through random skills and we've got loads of videos about how to skill up your team, how to develop your teams and stuff like that. And a lot of people have commented saying, guys, you are missing. The biggest thing here about random skills is that you drop the TV. And when you come to do the redrafting, it's going to make it way easier for you to retain your players. Now, a lot of that was is a view of um, actually how the world's going to be when we get BB3, um, because it is a mm -hmm. lot easier to farm players and take the randoms until you're okay online than it is in, in on tabletop. But we thought, actually, you know, we've not had a proper look at the redrafting. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at how the redrafting works we are then going to look at our last Blood Bowl season to give some examples of how it would work um, and what the teams would look like sort of before and after based on win records and things. Um, and then we're just going to think about actually whether it is worth or how much energy it is worth uh, focusing on developing your team specifically to get the redrafting in and maybe some better ways. So um, if you turn to page 99 of your textbook uh you will see <laughs> hey ben's got it there brilliant uh, you will see the off-season break and redrafting teams whilst many coaches like to start each season with a brand new team many more like to develop a favorite team over several seasons building that team's legend over time and telling the story of fan favorites who dedicate their career to their team the following rules allow coaches who wish to redraft a team from one season into the next to do so so basically between seasons uh blah 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 Blah, 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 after the finals have been played, there is a stage. So R&R. &R. So there is a, a separate segment here with actually that during the season, you can um, semi-retire people who suffer stat decreases and you get an opportunity to retire them for the rest of the season and hopefully they roll and they skip the stat decrease entirely and they're back for the next season. Now, that's fine. Raise funds. This is the bit that gets interesting. So the way a redraft works, and, and, and it was in uh, Death Zone Season 1, last time round, um, basically you get to the end of a season, You each team gets an, an amount of cash and then it goes and buys a new team but you are allowed to buy your old players back and some other things carry over. It's very similar this time. So, raise funds. When redrafting, each team gets a redrafting budget of 1 million. So your new teams are 1 million, your old teams are 1 million. This represents money doled out by the league, the team's sponsors, fan clubs and generous patrons. A team that is redrafting then adds this to anything they have left in their treasury from the previous season. Um, weirdly, it says after this, the treasury is empty, blah, 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 blah. So you keep your gold that your team had. So if you've got 100 in your kitty, you start with 1.1 million then you get bonuses and this is the bit that was contentious in the last season to the point that actually our league sacked it right off um raising funds so 20k for each game played friendly and league fixtures plus 20k for a win plus 10k for a draw um, and there's a really interesting little bit here that says league commissioners may at their own discretion place a cap of 1.3 uh, of 13 Hundred gold, thirteen hundred thousand gold pieces on the redraft budget, so that no team starts with too obvious an advantage. So I think this is actually simpler than the last time round because I think the last time round was uh, you got extra points for casualties, extra points for touchdowns, and things like that, which was essentially in a board game term win more. There was a lot of win more yeah. strategy, and all it did was penalise those teams who were. Uh, who did well already the idea is you do well you win more money 
you win more money, then you go into the next season with more money. And then you get more money on top of that, which was absolutely baffling. So we did it for one season and it was awful. Uh, I had my Skaven team and I lost, basically. I lost the kicker because the kicker always goes. Uh, and um, yeah, this other guy who had an Ogre team, uh, had an Orc team, basically lost a good troll. <laughs> it was just right. horrific. Um First of all, Ben, what are your thoughts on the whole redrafting situation? Um, so I've not really, because like you say, you sort of sacked it as I joined Bobble. Yeah, so you, I've never really experienced that. Coming at the end of season three, and then yeah. your first season was, was four, I suppose. Yeah. Which would have been High Elves? Uh, yeah, I think I came in, the, yeah, came in at the end of, goblins and then started with high elves in season four yeah yeah so yeah i didn't really suffer this redraft thing and i think naturally i'm sort of a coach who i kind of like to do a new one every time that's just because i have hobby adhd and just like to jump from one thing to the next um and so maybe this wouldn't affect me too much but i can see really why like i mean i started as a new coach my team's a million and because i was playing in a league like you say at the end of Bobble three uh where these teams are pretty developed so you're playing against like 1400 tv orc teams and stuff like that and when you're coming in with a fresh team of a million then against something which is 300k up this is basically what this is right yeah so you're gonna have new coaches starting with a million who didn't get any stuff from redrafting against experienced teams from day one which is never really a fair matchup inducements don't really cover it they've got better now the star players now have got cheaper and more powerful but it is, yeah. it's still not the same thing. You're exactly right. Yeah. Like within 100k, probably fine. Yeah. Um, yes. So what we're going to do now is we're going to have a quick look at some of the teams we had in Wobble 4. Come on, Google Sheets, you can do it. So this is going back in the Wayback Machine. We'll have a look at some of the teams that, I don't know, randomly are yellow. I think they were the green. I think they're the teams that carried over or may have made it to the playoffs. Definitely didn't make it to the playoffs. Sorry, Craig. Um, okay, so let's start. Let's start, yeah, it's the uh, the Reservoir Frogs. His uh, his slan mm. team. We one and three with them. So we have a variable structure. We have an open format where a coach gets. We, we have three months basically for a regular season where coaches can come and play up to eight ranked games. You can have a friendly in between, um, but the the spreadsheet only tracks uh, ranked games. Um, and we do it like that because actually it means you don't have to come every week. You can dip in and those coaches that can come every week get to run two teams. Uh, and it works out really well. It's worked out really well for us. It's not perfect, but it's probably the best way we've found to get it working so far. So let's, let's go for my Never Bay Nightmares. So this is my uh, Totes OP Skaven team. Um, in this season, I went 8-1 and one because I perfect seasoned into the playoffs and then lost, which was sad. <laughs> Um, but you know these things happen. I think I lost to no. Uh, oh, this was the season that I went seven and zero. Still got in because I scored enough points. Then played Milton over the course of two weeks. Ah, uh, yeah. Beat his orcs and then lost to Lewis in the final, which uh, Tiff came to witness actually, which was a bit sad. <laughs> so I was like, I'm finally <laughs> going to win the league championship. Anyway, uh, so my Skaven team played nine games. So the way the rulebook 
it, it says is uh, league and friendly. So we'll we'll skip friendlies for this uh, because friendlies. I don't know the way you work them in your league. I don't know how that how well that works because it is massively open. We'll, we'll come back to friendlies, you know. So never been yeah. eight nightmares. Let's say nine games. Um, so what was that, Ben? That was twenty k per game. Yeah, twenty uh, k. So let's uh, let's get let's twenty k. 20k per game plus 20 for one. Okay, and okay, so that would be 40 times 8 plus 20. So 340 for that. Plus, I would have carried over my treasury. Uh, it's a Skaven team. I never had great treasury, so it would have probably been about 60k tops. Let's add 60k. So I would have got 1.4. Plus, I believe your fan factor carries over as well, Ben. Um, if you've still got the book open. Uh, I do have the book open. Excuse me, I don't want to don't want to change the screen because I've got the sweet spreadsheet up. Uh, I would assume so. Yeah. Uh, that might be on the redraft, but uh, yeah, assistant coaches and cheerleaders may be carried over. Oh well, fan fact is different now, isn't it? Yeah. And to be fair, fan fact doesn't actually apply to your team value, so which would have been great because my Skaven team had eleven fan factor, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, really buffed it up, didn't it? It was, uh, it was pretty. It was a good year. Let's put it that way. So I would have been redrafting at about one point four million. My team at the end of that season was eighteen ten. Okay, uh, so I would have had to lose three hundred. The reason it's three hundred, not four ten, is because one hundred and ten k of that was fan factor. So I would have had to lose three hundred k's worth of players. That's not mm-hmm. bad. Let's have a look at No Orc in Chance, which was Dan's Orc team. They played seven games and they won three. So that's 140 plus another 60. So that's 200 and had two draws. So that's another 20. So he would have got 220 plus whatever. Uh, His match value was 15.10. So he would have got, say, let's see, uh, let's give him another 50. Yeah, about 1250 to redraft. So I would have had to lose 300 of my 1800. He would have had to lose 250 of his 1500 and would have ended up at about the same. That's not, that's not terrible. Like, that's probably about right, I think. Let's go see. Unlucky Team 13, however, uh, played eight games and drew one of them. 1-1, drew one. So that's 160, 190k. So they would have had to drop 200k as well. It, it does a pretty good way of kind of balancing the teams out to be around 12, 1300, you know, this system. Yeah, and it, rec- um, it has the recommendation or suggestion that you cap it at 1300 anyway. What was your team called, Ben? Which one? Uh, in season four, yeah. Uh, that was the Aetain Egotist. Hmm. Maybe gone. No, no, I can't. I can't see him. So maybe. Uh... Oh, Snickerton Snazgits. That was the goblin team. That was your goblins. Okay, yeah. so your goblins joined in four then. Um, that was four. Yeah. Okay. Must have been. Okay, that's four. That makes sense. So your goblins ended up at. Uh... That's weird. Eleven thirty. And he played four games. So yeah. you would have had to drop. Probably nothing, based on the fact you had treasury. So actually, this one seems a lot better than it used to be. And the reason we got the spreadsheet up on the screen is because, if I drag it over a little bit, you can see the draft values on the right-hand side uh, were about the same for the previous edition. 
So we all had to lose a ton to bring it down. Uh, what? I guess the thing I don't like about redrafting is that the win more stuff is there, but it's it's you gotta you gotta really smash it to benefit. I think. Um, and you know the the nightmares though. My team actually, where I went eight and one, I get. 160k more than someone who didn't win a game yeah and we played quite a short season i think uh you know i think six to eight games is a short season uh, i think a lot of places are 12 games or 16 games so let's say you do a great job and you go and win 11 12 games in a season and someone else wins four that's you know up to 200k more and you already yeah. got the cash from winning those games um, I mean, ah, it's, it's like you say, yeah, a, a big long league is going to be colossal. You consider it goes up 20k minimum, yeah, minimum per game that you've played. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's, yeah, like a clean game league, that's a lot of money. So, I actually really love the idea of a hard cap at 1300. Yeah. I think, personally, I think get rid of the if you win, you got more money. I think it's just about games played and you have a cap set for your league on the amount of games. If you're in the playoffs, you get more games and I think you allow that. I think that's enough of a benefit because it's only going to be 20 to 40k more. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, the treasury was also the other one that that really threw it out because you know who doesn't spend money? Dwarf teams. But now re-rolls aren't limited. Um, actually, I can see them actually being able to spend that cash on rerolls during the season. Uh, yeah. But, you, I mean, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it. So money becomes pointless towards the last three games if there is a hard cap. Um, and also, it becomes really really weird because you start saving up for the next year. Ooh, I don't know. I just don't know how I feel about redrafting. What What do you think, Ben? I, I it's It's really difficult because, yeah, like you say about saving up for the year, it's if you know you're going to take your team into another season, you're going to play that season differently. Yeah. Because you're going to think about that. You're going to think about your treasury going over. You're going to think about, like, which players you might want to take into a start of a league. So you start building players to smash an early game, maybe potentially. Then other coaches might not. So it feels kind of like... if everyone should do it or no one should do it i'm not sure I, again i'm not too sure maybe i'm not too experienced to uh not experienced enough to to really think about this and it's more of like a speculation on my behalf but i'm just looking at it it's just it feels a bit weird and i liked what we did <laughs> when we had like the two leagues yeah oh, i liked having the junior league. yeah it would work i see okay. that was kind of that wasn't it it's like like everyone is on the same playing field that you had the minor league for the new teams and you had the major league for redrafted one yep and uh while it became slightly difficult slightly harder to 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 book in games actually at that point we were up to 20 summit coaches and it worked out mostly well for because uh, a lot of people had a new team and an old team so they could just bring, like yeah. rich is cracking he had like five, 15 teams so rocked up to he was yeah, he was always <laughs> going to get a game in okay but one thing is ben you may be uh you know not have that many leagues under your belt but you are a gamer so you know about gaming systems because it's in your blood so let's talk about gaming the system you go to a club they're having an eight week season and then playoffs of up to you know like a three week playoff period okay 
Um, they're, they're gracious and they say that actually you can play up to four friendlies in a season. All right. And they give you playing and everyone gets a chance to play most of their games. What do, do you consider doing to game that system? Where are you going to get extra bits? Where are you going to get extra advantages for? And what do you mean? I'm okay. gonna, like, sorry. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. So everyone's yeah. flagged up like, oh, you want to take random skills because when it comes to redrafting, it's going to be cheaper for you to fit your players in. And I guess the other thing for me is uh, something that we haven't really talked about is, do you know how much a player with 17 SPP costs? How much? Exactly the same as a player with zero SPP. Oh, cool, because they haven't used it yet. Because they haven't used it yet. So you could run your first season oh, and okay. just save the SPP, don't take the level up. Then after your first game in your next league, just be like, yep, he's got 6 SP, he's got 6 SP, he's got 6 SP, I'm going to save this, I'm going to buy them all at vanilla, and then boop, 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 I bloat 20k for each of these guys and go up. Uh, to, to 1200 after game one yeah I see what you mean that's pretty that's pretty brutal it's clever but actually uh, actually, t- towards the end of a season that's kind of what you want to be thinking about doing and I really like that you get so the redrafting okay there's maths I love maths but I love that there is a season building element and I'm a huge NFL fan and I love that we get to this time of year and they start looking at next year. The teams who have had a rubbish year start firing their head coaches, they start rebuilding, they start trying different things and if you've got some kind of season in Blood Bowl, I think it's really cool that you can start like halfway through the season, oh man I've gone one and four, I'm not going to make it to the playoffs so now I am starting to build for next year, I'm starting to build for the next season and Given that you have the redrafting rules and the SPP saving rules, you get a chance to do that because actually you can play two games at the end of a season, not replace players, just play with journeymen and just save your cash. Get an extra 200k for the beginning of the next season. A bunch of players who are at level up point or you know well on the way to getting a level up point, start that off and you start really strong. And that becomes a seasonal catch-up mechanic. And I think that that can be really, really good. I like the theme of that a lot, actually. Like, this is, this is slightly foreshadowing to a segment, but one of the short story entries kind of covered this. But, um, so, like, I, I love the theme, and this is what I mean. I, You couldn't take this out. You couldn't take redrafting out, because this is Blood Bowl. This is the narrative. This is your, your team starting again. But yeah, like you say, the gamer inside is a little bit like, it's so difficult to make this not feels bad for someone yeah because either it feels bad for the person doesn't get their team again or it feels bad for a new player so less about gaming the system more to i i i I couldn't think about how to game this any more than that unless you have any other suggestions i i i'm struggling to think about the gamey gamey side i've got i've got suggestions for improving it (laughs) <laughs> okay so gaming yeah. <laughs> saving saving your spp saving your cash towards the end of a season as well is yeah. probably the, the the two biggest things except if your league has an open play format for friendlies uh those guys who come every week versus the guys who can only come every other week because they've got kids are just gonna start the next season with probably 
about 60k a month more. And on the one hand, you want to reward players for playing, but on the other, it becomes really difficult from a... Okay, yeah. so I can only play every other week, which is enough to get my league games in, but I'm missing out on friendlies, and that means that everybody else is absolutely farming the games in. And it becomes difficult because then you kind of develop into two different groups of players, and then you end up with someone coming in who's playing their fourth game versus someone who's playing their 14th. Um, and uh, James, Dwarf Lord James from our club, is really good at this. Beginning of a season, he will get six to seven of his games in within six to seven weeks. And you may come in and you may be playing your third game uh, in month two, and he's already on game six. And let me tell you, that, that gives a significant edge when it comes to SPPs. So uh, it's it's just an interesting balancing. Yeah, that's got nothing to do with redrafting and more to do with our league fixture. Like a lot of places are like, you're playing this person, you've got to play once against everybody in this order. Um, but even that's that... It's difficult to organise. It's really, yeah, we, we, we binned that as well because it just became too tricky. Anyway, on to improvements and things. Ben, what have you got for us? Um, So we kind of thought about this anyway, like regardless of the redraft. And that's new teams giving them a big injection at the start. Mm-hmm. So just saying, like, here you have, like, what is it, what suggests, like, maybe, like, six SPP you can dole out. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you could potentially do this and then have uh, a newcomer bonus. You know, you call it whatever, like, you know, yeah, a newcomer bonus is pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Like, uh, early sponsorship or something like that, where a team that's fresh will get something else. So you can redraft regular team, which will put you, like you say, what was it, around 1,200? Yeah, probably 12 to 1,300, um, yeah. Yeah, so, but a new team could get, like, a certain SPP injection. So they draft their team to a million, as per normal, but then they get, like, a skill package. That, yeah, that's what we were looking at doing um, for this season before yeah. it got closed down again as we were going to say tier 1 gets 6, tier 2 gets 9, tier 3 gets 12 spread it out as you like if you want to take 4 randoms on your tier 3 team go for it, it's going to be great fun and a little bit of an equaliser perhaps um, yeah. Yeah. it might level out a little bit and it's still something, it's something different but kind of exciting so like if you did consider taking a new team you wouldn't, th- you wouldn't think oh yeah but I'm going to be really hamstrung because everyone's redrafting You'd be like, you take a new team and immediately get kind of like a couple of games worth in before you even started. Yeah. Yeah, which, which I lost. It does give you a bit of a boost. And it would also, and I think probably something that's, that's really massive here is taking a new team into a season, whether you, if you are a new player, that's just what you do. If you are an old player, so if you've got a team that, that got good, why would you give it up? Like, uh, what 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 potential like benefit is that? So I've got my Skaven team, and um, I'm like, well, why would I not redraft it? Like, it's great. Like, it does so much stuff, except win playoffs. Like, it's the Kirk Cousins of, of NFL t- of, of of Blood Bowl. Like, it's great. Um, and I don't know. I think one thing for me that I do really like the idea of is just having a way to liquidate your team. And whether it is, and I think a couple of guys suggested this before where it's like season one 1 million season two 1.1 season three 1.2 season four you know and you have a cap or you have like a long-term cap where there is kind of some limit and where your coach can just so ben you're going into the second season actually you're you can pick a team and start at 1.1 million but that is imbalanced however it adds a kind of element to it of you know this and that the other side 
is uh, you do, and this is what I think Rich has always been a big fan of, I've tried to find a way to get it into Blood Bowl, is in the NFL, you have a draft, and the player, the players, the team that finishes worst gets first dibs every round. So the, the worse order you finish in, the better you start the next season. It's a balancing factor. And Rich has always said, actually, is there a way to fit that in? So actually, you know, uh, maybe the maybe the salary cap is is twelve hundred, and um, for every game you won, you lose twenty k off that. <laughs> like for the ultimate, uh, for the ultimate balancing factor is that you may have won the season, but you are starting at a million next time. Um, I think at that point you need because this this is kind of like this book is and this game is kind of just designed. You you play this game, you and your victory, your prize is winning the game. Yes, like you may need to have some kind of incentive because that is like you win the game and you now lose the next season because you won. Yeah, um, which is kind of the way of the incentives. And maybe your league could organise some kind of external prize to win it—a trophy or an actual prize or something like that. You know, it's, it's really that be a thing? it's really interesting because you want new teams to be a factor, but you don't want to lose what people have earned, and you want to yes. reward people for winning. But if you already won. Do you want to get another reward? Like you're not just doubling down on winning. And we, I think we talked about this last ep- last episode or the episode before. We we're looking at uh, winning a league and what prizes you get. And it's um, it's now just really interesting. I, I, a part of me is a, a big fan of just like yeah, the winner gets stuff to win. Like you get. Uh, a, 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 I am a big fan of skills. I actually think giving a player a skill or a stat up or something special like that is probably the best way to reward winning. Um, because it has on-game effects that actually you can only achieve by doing this. I, I, I think that's straight out of like what happened to Eldril Sidewinder. Like did really well in a tournament, upset Zinch. Zinch gave him a skill. Like yeah, it's just I think uh, I don't know whether that we've might seen be the, um, we've seen the star player special skills as well. Like even them. Yeah, that would like once quite game cool. big thing. I think that could be pretty cool. Yeah, champion. You know, you get Griff's uh, pro skill. Um, that's actually yeah. that's a really cool way of doing it. Actually, you can make your own for that league's flavor, you know, because the league could be somewhere else. You get like a medal, and it gives you your team a once per game ability. So you won that league. I like the idea of coaches getting stuff like that. Yeah, but that's that's what I mean. The coach yeah. has that award, and the coach can use it on his team. Yeah, oh, that's quite cool. Uh, right, drafting wise, uh, we've talked about it. We've talked. We've given some examples. Um, I think it's probably going to be fine. And I think it's probably going to be good. And as long as you go into the league knowing exactly what the outcome is going to be, if you want to run your team a second chance, then you get to week four, you're halfway through the season, your team's doing garbage. Do you sack it off, bring on a new team now and start brewing up for next season? Or do you stick out with your team and plan for next season? And that definitely does, um, I think, I think you have to make that a point of your league and say, and I don't, I think when we start up with Wobble Ben, assuming the world is calmer and we can do it, I think predefined seasonal timetables will be a massive part of what we do. We will probably say this month, this month, this month, regular season, up to eight games. Then it's playoffs, which is our month off. So if you're in the playoffs, you're playing to win. If you're not in the playoffs, you're probably playing a different game. Like, actually, here's your month, here's your month, play some AOS, play some Underworlds. We'll do, uh, we'll do the playoffs and then the season starts at this point. So actually, your players can go into month three. If they're having a garbage time, they can toodle off, play somewhere else, or they can start brewing up next season's team, or they can get the friendlies. You know, I think making it clear the timetable um, will probably help, and I think that's what we'll do. 
uh, three seasons a year, three months of regular, one month of finals, um, and kind of just have it set so people know what's going on so they can plan and have that structure. I like that. I like that. Cool. Right, let's wrap this one up and go into the story competition. And we're back. And a long, long time coming because of the insane amount of effort that you guys have gone to. We are going to be talking about the resolution of our, well, the culmination of a resolution of our short story competition. So inspired by Rob of Secret Carnage Cup, uh, we set a challenge out there for you guys, our community, to write a Blood Bowl short story up to 5,000 words, really up to you. It can be about anything to do with Blood Bowl. has to be relatively family-friendly because obviously we want to share it on the podcast and we are a family-friendly podcast, despite the fact I had to bleep out something I said earlier. Um, even though it was really only a minor one. Um, anyway... We had, I think, about 30 submissions in the end because we had more come in. Um, yeah. And it was on the way to, it was 50-something thousand words, uh, which was a phenomenal effort. And I've got to say that the quality was brilliant. It was really, really, really hard to pick. Uh, oh, so hard. Oh. Like, the our favourites even like the ones that made it the what so we've got we've got a short list but we could add so many more to this because it was so tight i, I it was so difficult to differentiate between which ones i liked best it all came down to like i like, reread them and just thought i think this one this i can imagine this one. more it's yeah ever so slightly more it's so close though so so the the writing style of some of these was fantastic the story yeah. of loads of these was really good and the narrative that you, you guys just smashed out of the park and hit blood bowl and ben is right we've got a short list but while we said there is going to be uh, one champion and that champion will get uh, will work with us to get a uh, fancy custom maelstrom gaming map basically ben and i have got We've picked three each, okay? And we are going to send them off to Andy Hall, the Black Library author. He will pick a final winner. Now, whoever doesn't win out of those top six will win some bonehead stuff. So probably, you know, it's just... We'll, go, we'll, we'll hook you up with some decent loot. But there is more. Basically, the stories were so good, we want to share them. We want to share them all. Uh, so what we are going to do... And we said we would do at least an audio... Uh, version of the final winner this is coming out on saturday the 12th is that right yeah yeah come on calendar there we go saturday the 12th every day from the 13th up until christmas eve we are going to release one short story narrated every single day and then on christmas day we are going to drop to you guys on a website and through our social medias the pdf with all of the competitions now, I am going to get in contact with everybody who submitted just to check they're okay. That's why we're setting the deadline for this one for Christmas Day because I don't want someone to... Um, I just don't want to make someone uncomfortable. So it gives me two weeks to track down everybody and make sure they're okay with us sharing their story. If they are, then it will go out in a PDF on Christmas Day. So every day you're going to get a Blood Bowl story written by one of our listeners and then on Christmas Day you are going to get 50 plus thousand words worth of Blood Bowl stuff. So you wake up in the morning you open your presents, you look after the kids, you have your lunch and you chill out 
and you actually just get to chill out and read some Blood Bowl short stories that you will have never read before. You may have heard from a narration, but that's what we're going to do with this prize. And guys, the reason it's taken so long is because the volume and the quality has been just so much better than I thought. I legit thought we we're going to get like eight people write cool stories and there'd be one really well written one and the rest of them, you know, would have been close. But we ended up with so many A's and A pluses and there's so many stories here that we want to share that we just cannot limit it. And I'm going to be honest with you, limiting it just to 12 audio versions may not, I may end up going over that. Ben's probably going to do some as well um no guarantees but but quite potentially because they are so cool and we are a podcast and a youtube channel and we want to share it with you and while we can share a pdf on christmas day i just they're so cool the work that's gone into it is amazing now ben what we're going to do yeah. is we're just going to talk through our top three one at a time and just give a little breakdown of what the story is about what we liked about it um and then yeah so ben Hit us with your with your top with your first one. Okay, first on my shortlist is Life on the Line. Now this is an awesome story by Alden Tank. So thank you for submitting this. I really like this one just because it just felt really like evocative and emotive. So the general gist is it is following a player throughout like the day of Blood Bowl. He says it's an extract from Life on the Line, a memoir by Johanna Schmidt. So you've got this player, um, and it's it's written like a memoir. So it starts off, it's like the sun was high in the sky, and then halfway through, it's like the middle of the day, the evening. But it just goes through like kind of their emotion. I said, I think one of my notes here, I said, it reads like a wartime book. Because it's like it's like this was the morning of the battle, and then this is like the peak of the battle, and at the end, like this player has to deal with, um, like the fans and their attitude towards the fans, and I don't know, it just felt like proper. This is like it just really had a theme of Blood Bowl to me. It was kind of like it had all this silliness going on within the fight, like with the trolls and things, but it it was written so seriously and so brittily. It just kind of like that contrast. I just really enjoyed reading it. Um, it, it. I had a really good time. It was definitely a really good one. And the, the cool thing about it is um, first person as well. Now, you don't see yes. a lot of first person stuff. Eisenhorn, which is probably one of my favorite book series of all Absolutely. time. First person. And it just it's just great fun. I stumbled to my feet, trying to shake some blood back into my numb arm. I could already feel the bruise forming deep in my collarbone. I ran as fast as I could away from the... It's just so cool. It's just so immersive. Um, yeah, I I thought that one I I thought that one was brilliant as well. Um, I really did, and I'm gonna go into one of my ones, Ben, which I think you also picked up on, which is not surprising. Uh, this one was James Farrell, uh, Bitten. I loved this one. So, um, short story long, or I don't know, long story short. Um, but it's it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's bitten. The dude gets bitten by a thing. I'm gonna let you figure out the rest and listen to it and uh, and uh, <laughs> and read it. But it was immersive. Uh, it was cleverly written. The story that it told you, kind of like, yep, yeah, fine. He wakes up. He's, he's like, he get, he got up slowly, letting his brain settle itself at whatever pace it needed it to. And it's just like he's he's getting up. He doesn't know what's going on. He's like, what's happening? Um, 
you know it really like put you in the player's shoes kind of similarly to what we had with life on the line um it was really interesting to see the story unfold from that player's perspective and for a short story it had a lot of development i think it was (laughs) it really did really impressive i have to read my favorite line uh where is it here um there is a tree man on the pitch alfredo found himself walking towards the wooden creature the clouds appearing at the edges of his vision again he shuffled his legs adjusting his armor as he walked he knew what he needed to do though part of his brain was fighting it he opened his trousers and let a stream rush free and then <laughs> <laughs> so extra points for the old school reference here to werewolves needing to uh get distracted they got distracted by tree men um they had to go mark their territory and the fact that was in there it was just amazing as well so <laughs> That was it was just, just excellent. I didn't, yeah. Was, like I, when I read that, I just thought, "What?" And you'll see when you read the story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. All right, Ben. Let's have yeah. another one for you. Let's have another one. Uh, my next one is Toby's touchdown. I thought it would be this. Yes, this was really clever. So this was by Stuart Shelley. So thank you. Um, I, I the main reason I like this one was what i've got on my notes uh the oh. fantastic characters <laughs> so <laughs> within this story you just had it started off with bob and jim having their uh announcement they were the, like like you'd see in like bike or in the video games having their conversation and that links directly to it kind of like i could imagine it in like a show where the camera switches the perspective of the dugout and you see these players, they were just describing, interact with each other. And you had some great lines like uh, uh, Halfling, uh, Toby, the particular character, goes to the ogre who just threw him. And he's just like, yeah, great throw. Oh, what's that you're eating? He's like, donkey. And uh, he, he tries a bit. He's like, mm, could you use a bit more time? And he's like, I left out all night. And I just thought that was a great line. <laughs> uh, but it's just, he had he introduced a few characters um, but so well that you knew the characters and I think this is what I was saying with the earlier, what was it we were talking about? Um, redrafting, saying you're going to keep your players the new league. Like that theme is kind of within this story as well, where you have this really big headed character and they're just like, eh, sorry, you're not going to, you're not going to play. And he's just like, what? He's like, well, we need you alive. Um, so yeah, we had stuff like that, which was, I just think was, was really cool. So thank you. I yeah that was a really great one and uh I mean I, I knew I was gonna like it when I opened up with people in order of speaking part I was like ooh someone's someone's put some it's effort. like a play yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like enter scene left uh I yeah thought it was uh thought it was very very cool as well so uh way less show notes We've done that one um this one we'll go with all the white moves which was uh, Adam Heterick I really liked this one to the point where i recorded it It was one of the first ones i recorded um and this was just a really clever look at undead teams and how necromancers i'm going to say coach them when you know i just i thought it was really clever basically uh the story is set where the the necromancer keeps moving his body and his consciousness to take over his players and encourage them to do stuff uh, it's just there's a bit in it which made me think of scroll half height 
uh, because the new miniature has got an arm with a ball on and no don't want to spoil mm. spoiler alert but that that's definitely something that can occur on an undead team uh i just i thought it was brilliant it was really brilliantly written it was kind of chill um but yeah. chill but well developed told the story you got into the mind of the necromancer who was getting into the mind of all of his players and um it was a great read it was a great one to read and uh i, I just really liked this one yeah I, I agree with you i i think again and it's kind of a similar theme with a lot of these and that's what i was saying which kind of what it really came down to in like picking them with how kind of imagined how how it sort of spurred my imagination and yeah like you say that the idea of the necromancer literally kind of playing his team like he was the kind of the only player kind of like controlling the team on the pitch i just think it was just super cool um I said I also read like awesome use of tabletop skills in the story. Oh yeah, I got that as well. I was like, and the, yeah, the black orc fell over and was stunned. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fell over, stunned, and I was like, oh, I should have rolled higher. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like that as well. Okay, Ben, your your final choice uh, for the top yeah. six. My final pick was uh, New Season Shakedown by James Ultram. Yeah. So. This, again, fantastic. I've, I've got the, the opening line in my notes. Uh, great story, formatting, pacing, theme. I just thought this was like, this really was like reading a book. Like we had a few, yeah. we had quite a lot of entries like this where you kind of forgot, this is like a fan submission. No, this is like, this you is know, a book. This is a story. Yeah. Like I want to read yeah. the next chapter, please. Um, yeah. Everyone who wrote these, you, you know, you are authors. Like I would read these as books. So. Absolutely, a hundred percent. That's that's the the worst thing about this entire thing, is that these stories ended. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Such a cliche, yeah. but I'll just write more, guys. Just carry on. This is awesome. Write more. We'll publish them somehow. Could we do this? That? Just has... could we do that? <laughs> could. We could do that. That's we could do that. We can. Yeah. All right. New goal for 2021. Sorry, Ben. Carry on. <laughs> in the bar high. Um, so, yeah, this one I just really liked. It had a really cool setting. So you have this player who like hasn't played for a while, a while and he kind of gets like forced into, into retraining. But you had all these characters who looked up to him. Um, and, yeah, and just how he starts to get like these players in, I just thought was really interesting. And it's tied into the new season, hence the name. Um I, I just thought I just really enjoyed reading this. I thought again the characters are really strong. Uh yeah, and I think that that was like my my line where the pacing, I just thought it was just super easy to read. I just uh, yeah, like Ben said, I really wanted this to this to carry on. So my favourite bit of this one was the was, was the last bit. Uh because it just just listen to this. Hang on a minute. Leech interjected, leading in close to hands. You can't field a halfling in a human league team. It's against the rules. Ah, well, that's where you're wrong, my leech. The NAF have changed all the regulations this year. New season, new rules. I love that. Again, a uh, massive, massive hat tip to actual Blood Bowl, uh, as well as a whole bunch of great writing. Uh, right, well, let's let's bring it home before we go through some, not all honourable mentions, but we have to do some, um, was days of glory now this one rob hooked me up with uh so i don't actually know who it was written by it's just called days of glory by unknown which i think made it mysterious this one was dark man this one i 
I liked this one. I, I really liked this one. I, I was sitting in, in bed with Tiff. I had my iPad and I was flicking through and I was reading these. I was like, this is, this is real. Like, goes down an alley. He's been stabbed. Like, this is even before Blood Bowl begins. It was just incredibly atmospheric. And it was like, again, I've, I've mentioned Eyes and Horn. And uh, there's another book called Blood Rites, which is equally as hopeless. Now, Blood Bowl tends to be quite a comical place. But this is old world. Like, it starts old world, and it's just the fact you are, like, it just... <sighs> my, my first line is, wow, that was gritty. Reminds me of end times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my yeah. quote. Like, it's like, just, like it was just really, really cool. Uh, just horrible, but, but brilliant. And it, it got me. Um, it got me. There was a couple that had a, a similar kind of uh yeah but this is this is this is some of this is just absolutely delicious i haven't read i haven't done audio reading of this one yet but i'm really looking forward to it um uh, i agree it's um we like you say we had quite a lot of entry more than i was expecting to follow this like i was anticipating a lot of them to be like about the game but this was a really good example of the stories we had which was the life outside of the game yeah how like what happens off the pitch, which I think is really intriguing. Um, this really did it, and it's a good contrast to the silliness off the pitch as well. Like what you said. Oh man, I just, it's just awesome. Like this bit here, this was the bit where I was like, oh, <clears throat> long have I waited, brother, said the stranger. His voice rasped slightly, like it had been hallowed by age. Not to hear your tales, the stranger continued as he narrowed the gap between them, but to help you write them anew. Basically, this guy's been stabbed, he's bleeding out, and he bumps into somebody that wants to start his career like it's just awesome uh yeah i was like all het up at this i want to give an honorable mention to literally everybody this is why we're going to put the pdf out this is why we're doing more stories than just these these six it was so incredibly incredibly close and there were so many that just went a unique route and i just I, i can't i just i know it sounds like a massive cop out but there's just some absolutely awesome ones that I've already jumped in and done audiobush. So we go Craig Nash one more time. Love this one so much. Uh, it, uh, just it's basically Varag going in. He's thinking about retiring. Finds out by Mandy Pywhistle that Zug is playing on the other side, and Varag just loses his gear. It's just wicked. Like I enjoyed doing that one. I enjoyed doing the voices. So that'll probably be the one of the first ones that that I drop because. It was just wicked to get um, Varag and Zug on the pitch and just, oh, I don't know. It was just so Blood Bowl. Uh, like Varag um, losing it with Mandy Pie Whistle when she embattled. Like, just, Velaments? What Velaments? No one told me about no Velaments. <laughs> it's just, like, it's just, and he starts screaming at his agent. Oh, it's just, oh, it's just so good. I, I wrote down there, this felt like a video game cutscene or a movie trailer. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, we've got to give a shout out to Ian Warhanam Hannam, who did a great little Carla Von Kill one as well. Uh, that one was the one I used to, to test some audio stuff. I know I've already sent that to you guys, Ben. Uh, I enjoyed reading that. That's cool. It had a very. Oh, sorry. You uh, carry on. I was going to say, it had a very, um, very AON feel at the end of that one. But anyway, sorry, man. Go for it. I was going to say my personal honourable mention um, from my behalf. I want to shout to uh, uh, Douglas and Graham Samuels. Yes. Uh, with Born. They submitted cover art for their story. They had done a lovely drawing. Um, it was Goblins versus Skaven. 
are clashing under the surface, um, which you can imagine where that probably how that probably goes. Um, but I just thought that that art was really cool and it really helped visualize the carnage. I really enjoyed that. It, it was just awesome. So Matthew Laplore, Matthew Lepore, Edward Green, Adam Norton, Adam Norton, Adam Norton, Adam James Price, David Cartwright, Trolls, uh, DNG Samuels, Nathan Woods, James Farrell, James Farrell, Alden Tank, Stuart Shelley, Unknown, Adam Hetterick, Craig Nash, Ian Adam, Mick Thompson, uh, James Farrell, James Farrell, James Fultram, Nathan Woods, Pat Fogarty, Lee Harvey. Love it. Like, more please thank you everyone if if i need to find we we need to find a way to 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 get more and more regularly and then suggesting that we publish them um next year is is something that <laughs> i think that was your suggestion actually i don't owe me to that let's, let's let's go to the tape uh remember i do the editing yeah <laughs> no it that's just awesome there there's there's not enough blood bowl fiction like and this is great so i cannot wait to share this with you this will be a great little thing to come out of christmas and those uh, few that we mentioned be aware your stories are being sent to a blank library author to review and to pick somebody to win 100 pounds worth of mat and the rest of you you're gonna get stuff anyway so amazing job everybody um ben i i i could gush about these forever is there anything you want to say before we wrap this episode up just another thank you this was really really fun um really really was i like yeah i i this was just so so above and beyond what we really huge thank you it destroyed it it destroyed what we expected and uh, we weren't prepared and that's why it's taken us so long so sorry about keeping you guys waiting but it's gonna land at christmas and it's gonna be great fun and hopefully you're all gonna enjoy it and it's gonna be worth the wait um and then we kind of start thinking about what we want to do next which is very exciting anyway talking about what we're going to do next i imagine that's bedtime because it is quite late so ben thank you ever so much for spending several hours talking almost blood bowl with me no thank you it's always a pleasure that's good it's good to hang out and catch up uh guys thank you very much for listening thank you very much for watching uh don't forget to check youtube we generally have content released every day so if you are bored and you want to spend 10 15 minutes listening to uh, one of us harp on about blood bowl then we are definitely the place for you to go. Uh, however, that is going to wrap it up for today. Thank you very much for joining us, and we will see you again soon. Ta-ra. Bye-bye.